Eric, what is it that you know about the Montreal screw job? Screw job, screw job. So I didn't watch any of this stuff as we know. I did listen to the Radio Lab that was about the Montreal screw job. It was a Radio Lab episode. And what I remember of what they said was um, Bret Hart, I believe, was like in negotiation, I think was leaving the company. And that he was, and you know, there's a rule that basically you always leave on your back. Um, so he was the, he was holding the championship and he had to lose it um, in order to, to leave the company. Now, this is where I get a little bit wonky about it. I don't know he, who he was supposed who he was wrestling in Survivor Series, and I'm not even sure if, if they've mentioned it on the on the Raws or in, in this pay-per-view yet, or in the previous pay-per-view yet. Um, but whoever he was wrestling, it basically became this thing where uh, it got called without Brett knowing it, and I think it was, they used, like, the... Um, what's Hitman's move? The, uh, not the... The what? So they used the sharpshooter on Brett and I think did they like I think they must have like rung the bell before really counting to three. It was like the fastest count in the world or something. And essentially Brett was really surprised because they, you know, he didn't think the match was over was called yet. And also they used his move on him and it was also in his like sort of in his hometown, so he felt like the whole thing was super disrespectful. So the that was the screw job part of it is that basically they forced him to lose in a way that just kind of shit on Bret Hart, from what I remember. And then Bret Hart basically went over to Vince McMahon and was like screaming at him and like just super super upset and. From what Radiolab said, this was the moment where, you know, everything shifted and it became a little bit more meta. They they were they kind of went into this idea of like there's somebody running things and it's the McMahons, um, or I guess it's Vince McMahon. So I think that's what I remember of it. Although to be honest, coming into this pay-per-view. I'm still kind of getting that vibe already. Like you still kind of, there are those vibes that we've already acknowledged that Vince McMahon runs things. So maybe what changes is that they acknowledge that it's a work, uh, but that, but part of the work is that the writers have it out for certain people based on the feelings of management. I think that's what I know. November 9th, 1997. The top film, Starship Troopers, was certainly only about fighting giant bugs 
and not about themes of fascism and the military machine that are still relevant today. Shania Twain's Come On Over came out this week and went on to sell over 40 million albums, but that don't impress me much. Worldcom and MCI Communications announced a merger, and I'm already bored. Meanwhile, in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, professional wrestling was changed forever. Ring the bell, ref. This is Hell on a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. With me, as always, is Eric Silver. Oh, hello. Who you already heard talking about um, what he knows about this pay-per-view without actually going into it, recorded a few weeks ago. Yeah. And Bobby Hankinson, who's done a lot of research for tonight's episode. I did indeed. I just gotta say, so we're recording this the Tuesday after SummerSlam, and I am very close to too much wrestling territory (laughs) at this point. So for this show, there were five episodes of Raw, each an hour and a half long, plus the three-hour pay-per-view. So we're already at ten and a half hours just for this. You add in NXT from last week, the NXT TakeOver, you add in uh, SummerSlam, and you add in Raw last night. I think I'm up to 22 hours of wrestling since last Thursday. It's funny because I hit the same limit when I only had to watch like the five Raws for this. I was just (laughs) like, no, this is too much. I could still watch more wrestling. Gotta be honest. I am going to watch SmackDown tonight. Gotta be honest. Could watch more wrestling. Um, It's funny you bring up SummerSlam. I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about recently the SummerSlam Descended because there was something on it that was on the pre-show uh, before you got, we all, of course, watched them together like a family, mm-hmm. like every podcast group of hosts. Um, so before you got there, it was just me and Eric. And they cut to Mick Foley on the pre-show discussing um, the Mandible Claw finisher and how it works now that Bray Wyatt's latest incarnation, The Fiend, is using it as a finisher. And Mick Foley, still on the fucking pre-show, gave one of the best promos I've ever like me and Eric and, I, and yeah. Eric are both like applauded. We're like that was beautiful and amazing. He talked about like literally how the nerve endings work and blah 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 blah. He's like and also it's like my gross ass fingers in your mouth and so it's like a psychological and emotional thing. And for Bray to really do it, he has to master both like the emotional terror and the physical terror. It was just like we were like wow, that was the best, most intelligent, greatest answer. I forgot about the pre-show. I think it's twenty three hours of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> it well, it, it was like um, it was like. He took on the persona of being a sports commentator mm-hmm. for that. And so it was just like, oh, you know, now he's now he's the elder statesman just breaking down a move. But it also was the perfect blend of reality and kayfabe. Like, it was the perfect, like, unification of those two things where he was, like, talking, like, scientifically. And then also, though, as if it, w- it was like a worked shoot. And it was just cool because it's like I think we'll be talking a lot about that in this in this episode. No, I do need to, to. You sent us a text the other day saying it's not pronounced kayfabe; it's pronounced kayfabe. Kayfabe. 
Yes. It's not. No, because I watched a lot. I was I rewatched the Vice documentary about Montreal Screwjob ahead okay. of this, um, and Jim Cornette, who I trust as someone who would know how to say things, kept saying Kefabe. Yeah, but Jim Kefabe. Cornette also has a Kefabe. has a weird like Southern guy accent. Yeah, but that's not Southern. I think I I I, I, I feel mean I like was just re-listening to Bethany a, Fassus. I was re-listening to the Radio Lab. I also listened to that. And why did you Kefabe. listen to that? Your job is to not listen already, to that. I had already heard it. I had already heard years ago. I had already heard it, and I was just like, and so I watched the whole thing blind, and then I was like, okay, let me remember. Let me Eric, your whole point of this is to be the dumb guy. I was like, I don't understand how this wrestling works. Yeah. Well, I don't even understand the- how podcasts work. <laughs> What's this thing in front of me? Um, no, I, you know, I was just like, okay, let me just revisit some of what I like. You know, it was kind of one of those things where I was testing what I had heard. And also, I I was like, how much of what we talk about is going to uh, retread that territory and just trying to, you know, you know, see whether or not uh, we wanted to restate everything they stated or if we were going to, you know, go in a different direction. I was trying to, you know, do my due diligence on that. But he said the the guy that they were interviewing kept saying K-Fabe. And you even said K-Fabe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know a way to say kayfabe. <laughs> anyway, um, turns out kayfabe is the friends we made. Along- no, I'm not doing no, that anymore. That's still, yeah, Done we should that. kill that. Done with that joke. Um, I think I've, I've got two left that it's still funny for, and I'm going to save them. Yeah, okay, so we've got a lot to get into tonight. We've got a lot going on in the Raws leading up to this. And I think the before we start talking about any of these matches, and because... They were so involved in basically every storyline leading up to this. We finally have Degeneration X. Um, so it's the day after Bad Blood. Sean's face has been Frankenstein back together after the Hell in a Cell match. And he spends his time welcoming Michael Cole from the click. While China and Hunter are administering wedgies and noogies in the background. All very, very funny to us when we were 11 through 14. Did you guys find that stuff funny when you were young? I absolutely thought it was funny when I was young, 100%. Okay. I thought DRX was the coolest. I was not a huge Austin fan. I was a huge DX fan. Huge. I'm going to, yeah, we'll, we'll continue, yeah. but I, I would love to talk about reactions as an adult to DX. Uh, Sean wants to show highlights from Bad Blood, but instead they show the infamous curtain call that we've talked about on this podcast before from Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Where Kafabe was broken for one of the first times. <laughs> and Vince is pissed. Brett shows up to call Sean a disgrace and a degenerate. Uh, also says the H's in their name stands for homo in the most Canadian accent possible. They embrace the degenerate, and the following week they name themselves Degeneration X. They say, You make the rules and we'll break them. This needs to be set up at the top because they are involved in so many storylines leading up to tonight. Um, this is also the premiere of uh, Triple H being called Triple H. Yes. Notice uh, that as well. Let's see. What else? The, yeah, man, the homo stuff. Oof. And then he said something about, like, bareback. Like, he, I, I mean, there's. It was in that promo. 
talking about bareback and and uh, about uh, especially during yeah. during the show. I mean, I'm I'm definitely interested to hear your reactions to all other than just. I mean, I don't think it'll be very surprising. <laughs> I don't I don't think yeah. it's going to be a a hot take. Yeah, you, you don't think the F chant that was literally in the entire show every week leading up to the show. Jesus. Lots of uh, yeah. Yep. All right. Well. So that brings us to November 9th. Gang rules is so embarrassing. It's, isn't it gang rolls? <laughs> so it's actually gang rizzles. Um, that's how Cornette pronounced it, at least. <laughs> gang rolls. And the show starts off um, with no voiceover, just images of Sean and Brett from throughout their career, the announcing from it. And I think we'll go a little bit more into all that when we get to the main event and talk a little bit about the background of this match, the last time that these two guys faced off against each other. So it comes into the night where they start off the show by literally setting fire to the floor. Well, uh, that one of the things in that package, uh, which I don't, I'm sure we probably won't necessarily address, is did you notice how, how HBK had that line? That I they know exactly what you're talking about. About how he was... You know, he's just living his life openly and freely, and he's being. You meant it like my lifestyle. Yeah. I was like, this like, is like very strange coded language. Are they make? Are they? Were they a thing of even making him like a gay villain? Like what? I was I, like, I, I is he trying? Yeah, I was like, is he trying to sound more progressive than he is? Because literally, all he's doing is calling other people, you know, homos and and all this other stuff. And he's like, listen, just because I'm out there and I did think about that I, I think though it was more like because this is and it's very his style and the DX brand is to like take the path like Bret Hart has this insult which is like you faggot and so for HBK to be like look it's not my fault that you're so close minded to like an open lifestyle like to turn um, around so it's like he takes the power out of it yeah, yeah. without so like that's very that seems like a very Shawn Michaels like the way he thinks and the way that that um, that, 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 that stables like modus operandi that makes sense so the first match is the Godwins, along with Billy Gunn and the Road Dog, who currently only has one G at the end of his name. They don't call him them Outlaws or New Age Outlaws or anything at any no. point, do they? Not yet, but okay. he is rebranded as Badass Billy Gunn now. Badass Billy Gunn. Through. Yeah, kind of taking that from uh, from the A-team, right? Because it was B-A Billy Gunn. The B-A stands for Badass. No. Oh, sorry, yeah. Well, in, in the A-team, right, it the was A-team. B.A. Baracus, and it stands for Bad, Bad Attitude. Attitude. But, yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, seems like you can see the A to C there. It's funny, before we get into fully into this match, uh, I wrote, I had a note that just says, how does Survivor Series work? And then I looked it up, and this is our second Survivor Series still don't really know how it works. <laughs> it's a 4-on-4 it's a four elimination, four elimination yeah. match. Yeah, but, like... There's no, they don't get a limit. Like it's not like the winner of it. Then they don't the get then, anything from it's all. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all pride. It's all pride in the winner's purse. Right, right. So it's not like it's not like. Um, and then the then the winners of this move on to no. no there's no tournament or bracket or anything like that. It's just the each individual capsule match. And I, I think I finally understood what gang rolls meant because I was like, oh, okay. There seemed to be like more factions. Yeah, I mean, there's the so many factions. I mean, we've got. Even you could even make the argument that they were trying to set up the Godwins, Billy Gunn, and Road Dog as like a weird, like Southern Rebels kind of thing, Southern Justice kind of thing. Even though they're not quite together, but then there's Truth Commission that's all together, Nation Domination's all together, DX. 
Well, let's talk about um, the Godwins and the Blackjacks and the run-up to this. So the Heels definitely got the most development in the weeks leading up to this. Uh, following their title victory from Bad Blood, uh, the Godwins faced the Headbangers one more time in a Lumberjack match. The Headbangers wound up scoring the pinfall after Animal, while the ref was knocked out, attacked the Godwins and all hell broke loose. What's a Lumberjack match? Lumberjack means that all of the other... Uh, they get a whole bunch of other wrestlers around the ring, and so there's no action on the outside because all the Lumberjack's job is to throw everybody back inside the ring. There's basically no escape. So this is as it used to be practiced by the old Lumberjacks. Of course. As you know, when the they cut down a tree and they want the tree out of the ring, and that's basically right. how it works. That's Lumberjacking. It used to be uh, they'd take a big old plate of flapjacks, and then they'd... Any, any that fell out of the ring, they'd throw it back. Uh, the Godwins would turn the favor and interfere with Hawks' intercontinental title shot the following night. Um, and then, sorry, no, that was later the same night. Then the following week, LOD challenged the Godwins to a career versus title match. Hawk and Animal overcame the Godwin shenanigans to win tag team gold, and the Godwins took out their frustrations on Uncle Cletus, who had accidentally hit Henry with a horseshoe. So you would think that we'd be seeing Godwins versus Legion of Doom tonight. But- <laughs> That feud has dropped almost immediately. What's up, Eric? That plot point, it just sounded like something out of, like, the Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> oh, Uncle Cletus hit him with a horseshoe. One <laughs> of them Duke boys up to again. Oh, they made sure Uncle Cletus sure got his <laughs> after he knocked him in the noggin with a horseshoe. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, on Shotgun Saturday Night, which... Did you watch, did you watch that one too, Bobby? I did. So, it was... At this point, it was Monday Night Raw. It was Shotgun Saturday Night. Was Sunday Night Heat? No, I don't think yet? Heat was a thing yet. Okay. What? So were there like three straight days of wrestling every... Well, it used to not be SmackDown. SmackDown didn't come for until later. No, right. So, so be, was it like... Oh, I guess because so, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, yeah. So we would go so Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Monday. Monday. They would just yeah. every week? Mm-hmm. Well, not Sunday. Because Sunday was only for pay-per-view. Well, Sunday would have Heat. Eventually, they used to have Sunday Night Heat weekly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then that... And that ended up functioning as the pre-show, basically, mm-hmm. for pay-per-views when that... Do um, I have to start watching Shotgun Saturday? No, no, because no. almost nothing. Oh, Shotgun Saturday Night is almost like you know. There's a show called Main Event that's on every week right now that none of us watch because it's oh. not. It's almost like not uh, canon. Like it's like it's it's basically like a glorified a house show. But Think like, about when we first started watching and SmackDown was pre-recorded, and so they would always, if anything of any consequence would happen on SmackDown, it showed up then on they, Raw. Yeah, they would just reference it on Raw. Okay, okay, then I'm happy. Yeah, none of us. So, like, the ongoing feuds you'll see on main event were, like, Dana Brooke versus Sarah Logan. It's, like, Robert Roode versus, like, No Way Jose. It's, like, things that you don't, that, like, wouldn't even. that was not on Raw. I know. That's why it was so top of mind. But I'm, like, but stuff like that. Mojo Raleigh spends a lot of time on that show. So, at this point on Shotgun Saturday Night, Rockabilly broke with the Honky Tonk Man and joined with Road Dog. Their story is simple. They want to go through all the other tag teams until they get the gold. They start with the headbangers, smashing Thrash over the head with a boombox. The new Blackjacks, who are faces for some reason, are their next match. Uh, the Godwins get involved in the match. Road Dog and Billy Gunn destroy the Blackjacks' hats. People are mad. The Yeah, Road Dog and Billy Gunn keep destroying all the things that belong to other people. Yeah, they don't like your nice things. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just like little shits. That's their gimmick is like, we're little shits. Yeah, <laughs> they would be terrible Airbnb guests. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I thought this actually match was uh, just medium. I thought medium was, to bad. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I hate. And then the Godwins do anything. I hate it, but I like the headbangers. 
Um, the new blackjacks are not worth getting attached to. And Road Dog and Billy Gun are destined for great things, and they're they're figuring it out now, and they're they're just miles ahead of uh, Rockabilly. You know so what here, I mean? Yeah. Well, here. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, first of all, I thought the taped up boombox was a really great touch. I like that they're just like, look, we only have one boombox. <laughs> We're gonna repair it. Um, we, I mean, Billy Gun just elicits the F chant from the crowd every single time. I mean, he is wearing a crop top. At the same time, he's he's uh, hitting Mosh in the head who's wearing a skirt and yep. rainbow tights. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. The, also, you know it's 1997. They're not actually calling him a homosexual. They're calling him a faggot. You know right. what I mean? They're, they're, they're saying it in a pejorative sense and not because he's minds. gay. Exactly. Which right. is not, for the record, listeners, okay. <laughs> um, right. But just I don't know, guys. I was listening to this podcast. And I think this we can say it now. I think we can say it now. Hey, listen, that is that word belongs to us and the clothing line Diesel and no one else. Um, but I think they you can't reason with it. You can't like logic it right. out. Um, so interesting background, a little history on Billy Gunn. Um, that may not have been in the Radio Lab episode. They. Uh, <laughs> Billy Gunn was going for a singles run, failed miserably, and it turns out that Billy Gunn is a uh, severe asthmatic. Yes, we, and so we he can't. This. Oh, we think we, so he couldn't go, which is why they're forcing him back on the tag team scene. Um, to just just one last thing about Road Dog and Billy Gunn, the do they show up later in this pay per view? Yep. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, they do. Um, the the feeling I get from them as whatever the pro, as the proto new outlaws I assume yeah. from what you guys are saying they're doing a very like DX thing mm-hmm. right so it's like it, like after I mean we'll talk about DX but after the DX stuff happened now all the stuff that they're doing is all just like we're we're gonna fuck with all your shit yeah. it's it's kind of like so remember a bunch of pay-per-views ago when um Mr. Perfect had just heard Austin say whoop ass and then he yeah. said oh you think you're a real whoop ass it's just yep. like <laughs> lashing on to whatever it is that is getting any kind well, of we're gonna right. do a DX now <laughs> yeah. I farted didn't they all I think they also were doing like a bit of a suck it like you're a suck it yeah everything it's a very um, everyone wants everyone to suck their dicks, but not but not in the gay, gay way. way. Yeah, I guess the only other thing that I'll say about Road Dog was definitely uh, filling in for the King tonight. He was the King was surprisingly subdued most of the night. It was Road Dog with the steers and queers and the yeah. black tracks and butt bangers. Yeah, I thought I heard uh, black cracks, but other people also saw black tra- heard black tracks. When I was like, what like, is black track supposed to be? I guess like no skid marks. Idea. That's no. what I was thinking. But I heard black cracks, which makes, makes also, more sense. Everything's butts, mm-hmm. butt bangers. I was like, it's just. Um, I yeah. as, I assume that that uh, Lawler was in his like Canada mode. You know, he like it when he goes to Canada. Like, there's a switch that goes right. from like the oh somebody switched the the uh, the doll from good to evil. <laughs> Barry Windham is 37 years old and looks 50. Jesus oh Christ. Everything yeah. about Barry Windham was just like, all right, like, just be the first eliminated. Like, I wasn't surprised at all. He just, there was a, I think there was some kind of slam he did that that just looked not good. Yeah, it's clunky. I, I, I don't think, uh, the new blackjacks are not worth. Yeah. His pins, his pins. Yeah, you don't know. He doesn't sell a, a single pin. Every pin he was... Like a full foot above 
the guy and just like over him like well look i i threw you you must be done now like not not even trying not even lifting a leg uh, not as bad as Billy at the end there jumping Terrible. next to Thrasher's head. Yeah, that spot oh, was bad. bad. Bad, bad, bad. You mean he, he his leg was didn't immediately uh, widen in size, hit <laughs> Thrasher in the head, and then, and then straight back? Straight back again? Weird, okay. No, he he is actually a Z fighter from Dragon Ball Z. He can do <laughs> Goku's instant transmission technique. Um, I thought this match was fine though i think it's what it is i think we're seeing a tag team division being rebuilt yeah and it's almost it's getting pretty good and i think the only problem that i really had with this match is that they didn't build off of the animosity that the headbangers and the godwins had quite enough yeah i don't know it was a it was a like it reminded me why i don't remember survivor series as a as a pay-per-view in general just because i was just like Oh yeah, I don't know. It's like it's eight guys that I kind of don't really care about. Um, I was curious about Road Dog because you guys have mentioned him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't do anything amazing for me yet. No, and he'll never do anything amazing in the ring that you're going to be super impressed by. He's he's oh, he is a promo. He's a great talker, but he he's still figuring it out at this point. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm but fine. you will never Billy Gunn it can go in short bursts. And, as long as he has his inhaler. Yeah. That's actually... He doesn't keep his blade in his mouth. He just keeps his inhaler like uh, in his side cheek. It depends on what the pollen count is, really. <laughs> He's Eddie Kasprak from It. Right. It's actually just it's just camphor water. Yeah. It turns out he had it inside of him all the time. <laughs> it was the It he made along the way. <laughs> Boo. Nope. I can do it because I never do it. King also did make a mention of too many Marilyn Manson videos two years before Columbine was like that was the excuse for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that wasn't worth bringing up. That's what fun. I love that the ring announcing is in French for this. Yes, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, same. Makes it seem classier. So then for our next match, we had the Disciples of the Apocalypse against the Truth Commission. Much more straightforward build. Um, Skull and Eight Ball fight Recon and Sniper. Uh, this is the re- debut of the retooled Truth Commission as the Commandant has been replaced by the Jackal. Mm-hmm. So originally the Commandant was an actor and the Commandant came in, uh, Bret Hart met him while they were in South Africa and pitched the idea of him managing this Truth Commission. Uh, eventually they wanted a manager who could also wrestle, which is why he was replaced by the Jackal. Because yeah. the Jackal actually is a wrestler. Um, so yeah um, yeah Jackal just didn't even have an accent didn't even matter he's just the Jackal yep there was nothing I know uh, they also at one point asked uh, they said like where did you find where did you find this guy this seven foot guy the interrogator and he was like going into it I'm like but you didn't find the interrogator the commandant <laughs> found the interrogator I would also say that he found him at a sidewalk sale since all he did was sidewalk slams the entire fucking match so many sidewalk slams which is not even an exciting move in the first place but that was like the big I mean granted Braun Strowman today does a power slam as a finisher a running power slam which is the British Bulldog also does a finisher it's not the most impressive move but seeing Braun Strowman do it uh, is great these a sidewalk slam is something that Natalia would do in the first third of a match and 
even still, him doing it was sloppy and bad. It's also something you would do, I think, with like the newborn of like a friend or a relative, where you're like, you pick up the, the you know, you pick up the baby and you're like, woo, and you flip him <laughs> over, but you don't drop him. You are never meeting my nephew. Or... <laughs> I also I will slam that boy. I just he, the interrogator, aka Kurgan. Um, it's just one of those guys that's so big that they don't care that he's not a good wrestler. Like the great Kali. No, you're a bad wrestler, but you're so big. Look how big you are. He's big. He's got a big face. His face is he's big. I want to say he was like seven feet. He was at least billed at, I think, being over seven feet tall. I like the look of the Truth Commission. Like, the, the three main guys. You mean that they're are, white? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I like the look of the Truth Commission. Like, the three, like, military-style cuts. And then you've got the Jackal coming in like he's yeah. Polly Shore and in the army now is like accidentally wandered into a South African recruiting station and was giving a pair of Jodfers. It really made no sense. Uh, is it Jodfers or Jopers? Jod- I don't know. I've only uh, ever seen it written. Cafe. Cafe. Um, um, he, they kept calling him like a Robert Koresh, uh, no, a David, David Koresh, Koresh type figure, which I was like, I, I guess. I don't think David Koresh actually had like militant uh, people following. There's nothing him. magnetic about the jackal. <laughs> no, literally no. anti-magnetic. Like mm-hmm. when he went and was speaking, I was just like, "I okay." Even when the guy like, well, when the interrogator won and was lifting him up, I was like, "Get get rid of that fucking guy." Jackal on the mic said that the men in the ring will sacrifice their lives if necessary. I want to know what the situation in the wrestling ring where they will be required to sacrifice their lives. It's a lumberjack match. <laughs> That's the real rules of Survivor Series. Do they have... <laughs> must sur- one person can survive. Do they have a mission statement? No. Like, what is the truth? No. They're inspired by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in, in South Africa after apartheid. Like, that was the... That's the note they're copying. Right. Um, but I don't think they specifically had one other than just being like tough militaristic dudes. Kurgan um, would go on to be an actor, still alive today, in such films as Deadpool Two, Pacific oh. Rim, uh, Three Hundred. Does he wait in Pacific Rim? Does he play one of the monsters? Um, no, but in Three Hundred, he was the Uber Immortal in Three Hundred, and he won an MTV Movie Award for Best Fight. Well, that's great. So yeah, I... he's also kind of hot. It's now, just an honor to be nominated, to be honest. <laughs> Wait, so I don't even know there was an Uber Immortal in 300. I'm gonna pull, I'll pull up an image here. Um, Were the Immortals the Persians? I thought everybody was mortal. He played this guy. You know, all the chains. This is why we didn't recognize him, because he's like wearing oh, tons okay. of like... Oh, all right. ...and effects. Cool. Um, when did that movie come out? 2006? Yeah. Even as a 22-year-old dummy, I knew that movie was bullshit. My um, company... Uh, had a PowerPoint about like something coming up and like used a lot of things from the, from 300 as like inspirational slides. Like we're gonna do it, and I was like, this is pretty cringy. We're <laughs> and you can see from the next slide that we're gonna crunch the numbers for quarter four. This is Sparta. No, it was literally like the this is Sparta scene where like. The our our company's logo or our product's logo was on the guy kicking the, no! the, the product that we're fighting against oh, into the hole. Oh, that's awful! It, no, it is bad. It was very bad, I and I 
I'm hanging on to it for later use. Much like this match, which I think was just very boring, and I didn't care, and I'm glad that it was over. Yeah, yeah. honestly, I think I would have liked it if it was just the interrogator like doing a squash of the entire DOA. By the way, we just forgot that the DOA was actually a part of this. We were like <laughs> caught up. The DOA is so boring. At one point in the match, they were just like, is it Skull? Is it 8-Ball? Yeah, yeah, they don't know. We don't know. They're twins, I think. They're just bald. They both take the same time in the shower, and that's all we know about them. Yeah, this was kind of just like boring and doesn't really matter. Yeah, let's move it along. Which, like, speaking of, uh, well, hold up, actually. Hold the fucking phone. Because before we get to the next match, what we have is a visit. The America Online, what I believe is a bunker. I believe they're actually in a bunker now, okay? <laughs> and Steve Austin is there, which, thank God, he could make anything work because he sold this. But what I hear Kevin Kelly be like, here you go. All you do is click on international, go to sports, and once you're there, it's keyword superstars. And I was like, <laughs> wow, so easy. Also, wouldn't, they, wouldn't it be Canada Online? What are we doing? Wait, <laughs> I missed those directions. That's amazing. Oh, All yeah, you yeah, got to yeah. do go to international and i was like what then it made me wonder yeah you click on international then you click on sports Sports. and then it's it's keyword superstars and what first off first off if i'm looking at my america online screen is there just a spot anywhere on there that just says international at all times that's what i mean why is america online what's all over the world were they using america online in china or was there china online or was there like a different well it no it, i mean weird. it was it was our imperialism so it was definitely america online for everybody else it was probably america online.ca for people in canada so bizarre so bizarre well not even that they weren't even doing doing uh browsers they probably like, use the cds i first of all i was i was watching this and just going this is like an old school ama yeah, it's 100% what it is. It was, it was like, it was, uh, but like, I also thought it was really funny to have um, Stone Cold Steve Austin in a chat room where he's at, like, people were the guys reading, like, questions to him. And was Stone Cold wearing one large blue sock? I did not did catch I that. that right? wow. I didn't catch that. I was definitely doing something else at the same time. <laughs> he, um, I, I loved this, but also, though, think about this. I know there's not a lot of internet, but actually, I'm going to do a little experiment. Live on air, I'm going to go to um, our keywords, which right now we use Google. See, you can do gonna, this because I'm cutting it. I'm just going to put in the word superstars, and I get a WWE F not even anywhere on the first page. Oh, there it is. Actually, it is, but towards the bottom. <laughs> so they don't say superstars anymore, do they? Yeah, they do. They, oh, they, do. they, they will not say wrestlers. It's like a one of Vince McMahon's rules. Of course. But... I'm just thinking, like, if I search superstars, like, I'm not going to think that'd be the first thing that pops up. I would get, like, um, disco superstars, well, superstars of dance. But it was but, 97. But, but, but yeah. still, I think no, no, even... AOL keywords were, cl- were keyed into one thing. So oh, if you put in a keyword, I never AOL'd. it goes to... I never did an AOL. AOL. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, what? Are they just searching for superstars? Overlay. And they're like, yeah. really? You never did AOL. No, my parents. Oh, you, you you know my parents. Yes, I was not allowed. I was for sure not allowed to use the internet because my mom would be convinced I'd be immediately abducted through the computer, as if <laughs> as if Jumanji style the CD-ROM drive would open, it would I suck would me in, and I would be dead. I would be disappeared. Wait, wasn't there some kind of like 
advice your mom gave you about being abducted when you were a kid? Am so I much of it. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, so much of it. I could tell you, um, if you're being followed, first of all, if you're being followed by a car, never happens. Okay. If a car is chasing you on foot, what? Okay. Sense <laughs> of bad, you could just not be on a road. Besides that, your other best bet is to turn around and run the opposite direction because it'll take a car longer to turn around than it would take a person. That was one. If you're in the trunk of a car, pull out the brake lights and then they'll get pulled over. Oh, I knew you get about pulled that over, you bang on it. Um, if anyone comes to school and says they're supposed to pick you up and your parents didn't tell you, but they've had an accident or something, they need to use a code word. And we had a code word, which I won't not say on air in case, um, they know to do it now. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know this is the word. Um, so that would know it's truly safe to go with them. Um, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I was very cute as a child and very um, abductable. So kidnappers out there, I will get the code word later and pass it on to Look, you. I was a very abductable child. So my parents were just looking out. Uh, my parents were like... Take any ride you can get. <laughs> Here's a key with your, with your shoelace on it. But I, I want to. I How does your mom feel about your grinder habits? Terrible. Why do you think my parents are not allowed to come to my comedy shows? <laughs> yeah, I know your grinder habits actually scare me. <laughs> um, pull out the the brake lights if you're if you're in the back of a car as long as if you're not getting fucked at the same time. Thank you. I'll do my best. But I, I wanted to go. I I, I just thought it'd be really funny. Like to imagine Steve Austin in a chat room where he's just like, age, sex, location? So I understand all those words, but not in that order. I don't know. I wanted to throw that one in. <laughs> he's not the drill instructor from Full Metal Wait. Jacket. Age! Well, I can't do a... Oof. How do you do a Steve Austin? Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom. About, that's the bottom line. That's not my. Uh... Bobby's been trying to ha- figure out how to do a Steve Austin. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, we also, before the next match after this, we get a shot of JR's outfit, which, uh, for some reason, inexplicably, because they're in Canada, it's November, it's Survivor Series, and he's wearing a vest made, I believe, of kinte cloth. Like, it's like an African design, <laughs> and I am so confused. It's very, it's, it's got a lot of confetti on it. It looks like it, like an African design it doesn't make any sense to me it looks like he went outside after an event with a lot of confetti but it had rained after and it all pressed together and this this is my vest he actually that's the same as saying he, it's a confetti vest. he papier mache that vest <laughs> is what it, looked like. it was bizarre and it's it was one thing it felt like i was like oh i thought the stampede already happened are we doing a second stampede i mean it sort of is a second stampede right well, not to mention the fact that uh, JR spends this time talking about uh, the good people at Milton Bradley. Oh, and then they've cut, done so much. And, what a weird-ass thing to go into for, like, a long amount of time. to a shot of, like, one of, like, the, the private lounges there where the kid of, of, like, the Milton Bradley people is, like, just hanging out with the headbangers. As if to be like, this is a, a life that you will never know. Um... Speaking to the the karate, what was it? Karate, karate fighters. Karate fighters uh, on the Raws, I think there was like a weird, like segment where Brian Christopher. They actually did this before. Um, karate fighters were, might have been Survivor Series last year. I don't know, but they, they they've been did, doing they've been they doing did a whole a tournament. Yeah, before this is an updated model. This yeah. is like digitized karate... or automated, or they they do like something. The other ones were just like they flail their arms no, around like Bobby, 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 They're the exact same karate fighters, except this time they have like outfits that you can put on them. Or no, there's a, there's a digital I'm, component I'm, of this. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Bobby. Be- mm, okay. okay. <laughs> um Let's see. Let's see. We already talked about the next promo group stuff. 
Um, Team America versus yes. Team Canada. A little bit of our good friend Steve, the the debut of Steve Blackman. Interesting, interesting guy. Even though it's he pronounced Black Man. Actually, though, I know I had initially Black written that he is the least interesting person. Like he could not have less <laughs> charisma. But he has a pretty interesting backstory. He almost was a wrestler for the WWF in the late eighties. So he was wrestling house shows. He was wrestling for them. He went down to wrestle in South Africa. He got dysentery, and he was bedridden for two full years. Two years? Two years. Of just, like, pooping a of lot? Could not get out. No, was bedridden. Lost all of his muscle mass. Lost all of his everything. Because he must have just, like, gotten out of bed one day and just immediately hit the gym. Because dude is cut. Well, we'll, we'll keep him now. That's 97. So that was 19, I believe, 89 or 90. Mm-hmm. And so that would have been 92 when he was finally recovered. Mm-hmm. So then he had five years. So then he picked up martial arts after that. Mm-hmm. And they reincorporate into his character blah 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 he's very good friends with the hearts and um i think ken shamrock and that's how he came back into the fold uh but yeah i didn't i never knew that before but he was almost in the wwf originally and then because he had dysentery and was bedridden for two years he was actually gonna help uh he was gonna come out as a fan and help hulk hogan <laughs> uh fend off roddy 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 piper the iron sheik or um yeah okay so um i was a little i was a little worked by this by his entrance okay because do we want to go so into let, it? yeah so let's let's go back to them we'll, we'll go into the other members in there but um so right before this pay-per-view vader takes on bulldog in a dog collar match which bulldog must have just been so in his element oh <laughs> uh, events we did the dog food match We'll do a dog collar match. We do a dog house in match. Your, in your dog house is coming up. <laughs> oh, how about a dog bed? I get tired. <laughs> can we do it? Can we do a throw the ball match? Ooh, ooh. I think I'm in Australian mode at this Oi, point. Oi, Mister! <laughs> ooh, chew toys. Dog. How about? How about? He's not hey. a sexy boy. He's not your chew toy. Can we do a? Can we do a rub your belly match? These accents are all over the map. I think Eric went a little Asian for a second. Aaron is straight out of Sesame Street. It's very that I, is on that is, that racism is on you. You did a racism. I was thinking of a bobby. Vader takes up bulldog in a dog collar match. Um, Anvil, Furnace, and Lafon ha 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 beat down Vader outside of the ring. Furnace reveals he's joining Team Canada because they got in a car accident and enough fans didn't email. So curious about this. Were they driving together? I guess like maybe between like sites. Like they do they just go everywhere? Are they just are they a package deal? Did they get dysentery for two years? I got nothing with these folks. Never mind. Well, they were doing a lot with ECW at this point. Oh, they okay. so So we in the interim that we haven't seen them, they've been wrestling with ECW. Because there's like a talent share agreement yeah. in place. And talent is very loose when it comes to Furnace and Lafon. I remember saying I really liked them at the beginning. You did. They are very good. They're act- they're very good actual wrestlers wrestling. They are just, again, they're not like charismatic. And also they didn't get a ton of creative. And all of this is very, I mean, we have Team Canada here with one, one single Canadian on the team. Just one. <laughs> yeah, Only one of them is Canadian. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But Furnace is not. Neidhart is not. Bulldog is not. Yes. And they mentioned it. I know, but it still felt very tenuous. No, I know. It's like, they, yeah, they called out the lamp, but the fucking lamp was still there. Um, what? It, you know, I don't know. Is, it, is that a, like, oh, the, you know, the, there's a lamp, like putting a lampshade on it. 
hanging out, hanging a lampshade on it is like a term. Okay. So hanging a lampshade on something is like when you try to like when you uh, make something part of you know you you're like you're like oh this is part of the scene but like if you if but like if you're calling it out you're basically like we know this doesn't belong but mm-hmm. it still doesn't belong. Okay. I don't know I I'm gonna look that up because I thought that it was a, a real thing an idiom. So after Vader wins, Vader begins getting beaten down by the Canadians in air quote and then. A fan arrives in air from, you know, also in air quotes, uh, in order to rescue him. And that fan is Steve Blackman. All right. Now, let me tell you why I got worked. Okay. A little worked. At first, he showed the, 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 the quote unquote fan uh, shows up, and I was like, clearly, this is an entrance of a new wrestler. Like, mm-hmm. this guy is jacked, he's taking the stance. And when he attacked Furnace and LaFont, ho, 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 mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, they clearly sold all of his moves, right? They, it was, you know, it was all very, very clear. Then he was, like, I guess, helping Vader. And then I guess it was when Vader kind of, like, pulled him off of whoever he was working on. I was like, why is that happening? And then I was like, Okay, Vader's kind of treating him like a like he's a fan and kind of getting on top of him to try, kind of hold him down. And also, Furnace and LaFong kind of looked a little confused about things. Yeah, they sold it really well. Yeah. yeah. So like they just happened to be selling one of the most boring people on earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like it was all sold in an interesting way because part of then I was like, "Well, wait a minute." were they not told about this guy and they just were like they just have good instincts that when somebody is going to attack you you know you just sell it just in case or... oh no if if a fan ever breaks into the ring it's like every single wrestler they would eyes, take them down their eyes light up and the, the fact that they get to beat this shit to out literally of this person. beat someone up the thing about fight the thing you i feel like i've gotten over the years able to tell when it's a work and when it's a shoot like let me see even recently at the hall of fame when barrett hart was bum rushed because as much wrestling as I watch, that's not what fighting looks like at, at all. Like, it's not even yeah. close to what real fights look like. Like, when someone gets dropped with a real punch, like, it's not elegant. It's not – they don't, like, turn and spin like the Power Rangers. Like, all the things I, I – I'm so used to seeing how people fight in wrestling that I truly do – and in movies even – that you forget that like when real people fight, it looks nothing like. Oh it. no no nothing. no! I agree with all of that. I think I think I went one step further where I just was like, they they were in a they they sold. I I clearly saw that they were selling it. Like that was not that was not uh, you know, very convincing to me. It was the fact that I was like, well, maybe they just weren't. It just seemed to me like mm-hmm. they weren't in on it, and like and. Uh, and then, you know, maybe this guy was just like some kind of crazy guy who knows how to actually do like moves and was just like throwing kicks. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't something like it was an actual fight. I think that the way that you can tell, or the way I can usually tell when it's like a real thing is the cameras usually move away. Yeah. It's not, it's not as well framed. Well, we'll talk, we'll definitely talk a lot about that later in this episode. So Steve Blackman is taken to jail. <laughs> Vader bails him out. Well, probably, Vader Vader knows jail. Probably bought him his plane ticket, took his passport photo, 
packed his bags for him. And Talked got him, him in in the hotel. Yeah, exactly. Vader was like, do you have a mask? <laughs> it's better if you have a mask. And now the rest of Team USA, we've got a repackaged Mark Marrow. Um, oh, so interested to talk about Mark Marrow. Yeah, let's do it. First of all, I've been I was watching the Raws in between. Uh-huh. Uh huh. New look, love the look. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yes, he so now he's he, short hair now. Um, he's wearing boxing trunks. Yeah, almost like a almost a shaved head. Yeah, yeah. Um, shaved like like. Like um, close cut beard growth, so everything he just looks like a grimy street fighter. Yeah, mm-hmm. he wears his so he comes out like a boxer now. They're really leaning into his boxing aspect mm-hmm. because he comes out with like the boxing uh, robe. He comes out with the hood over, um, and he's a lot like his wrestling style is different. I assume it has it has to do with his injury. Um, I think it's just repackaging him. Yeah, it's uh, really it's, it's more to do with just uh, repack like wanting high flyers tend to usually be faces because they pop the crowd so much. Sure. Um, so if you're going to a heel turn, you're going to do less high flying moves. We saw that happen with the Usos. Even think Neville. about like Neville's another one, but like when they when high flyers turn heel, they typically change their move set to be less dynamic. That makes sense. Um, also, they built in a lot of uh, domestic violence into. His oh, family. honey, buckle up, <laughs> buckle the fuck up. There was a lot of like, like him pulling her, at, yeah. at, like in very Including many matches. In one raw where he pulls her half naked out of a dressing room, made no sense. Buckle the fuck. It gets real ugly. So. He was like, the camera's here. And he's just like, what? We're not ready? And he, op- he like busts open her dressing room door. She- you get a lot of side boob. Really the, the, the best view of Sable that I've seen so far. In that, I don't know, lately. Lately it's been a little old lady shit. Is that wrong? No, you're mis- I'm just thinking like. <sighs> and then and then he's just like, he's like, no, this. This is this is invasive, and then he pulls her out while she's like trying to clutch at her top. None of it made any sense. It was just like I'm angry all the time, uh, and I'm going to treat her like she is a rag doll. The 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 thinking behind it is Sable is much more popular than he is. So a lot of the just not um, I'm not saying justification in real life. I'm talking justification in his mind. Sure, sure. His, what's fueling his his poor treatment of her is jealousy that she's getting all the attention that he's supposed to get, and she's supposed to be like the valet, the second banana, and she's outshining him. And everyone's chanting Sable, Sable which only so that's the whole thing. It's it's working. So going into happy relationships, we've also got a. Uh... You say gold dust. <laughs> What's up? Were you going to say gold dust? Yes. Oh man, oh, that was another raw thing that happened. Yes. So this is a this the, as we discussed in the last episode, this is all the plan from the Pillman Marlena gold dust saga has fallen apart. What um, were the original plans? The original plan was going to be at the end of the thirty day obligation that she Pillman want to go back to him. when Pillman was um, kidnapping and raping Marlena um, for a full month's time that it would end with. Goldust and Marlena renewing their vows. Oh, okay. And as they were renewing their vows, they were going to be the line like, does anybody object to this? And Pillman would come out, and then Marlena would uh, confess that she's over those three oh, days she fell in love I with him. Love that day. What if it's like it's like the graduate? Like Pillman's like banging on the window. <laughs> Mrs. Ronalds, Mrs. <laughs> Ronalds. And then they just get on a bus, and he 
Does a lot of so drugs it, in the back. It was going to be a Marlena heel turn. Also, Marlena, very another very interesting performer. I was like, as I was digging into some stuff, um, that she created the Marlene, the Marlena character based on Marlena Dietrich, which I will tell you guys, I will concede you were correct, yeah. that she was going for a more masculine presence. That makes a lot of uh, sense. And she, but she did legitimately love smoking cigars, and that's she, that was her pitch for the character. And it was inspired by a Bob Mackie Barbie called the Sun Goddess. And she pitched it to Vince. She used to work at WCW as a character named Alexandra York, who was like a fancy person. Um, but when Goldust got hired by the WWF, she came up with the idea because she's like, okay, they have Sherry Martell, who's like kind of intense, and they have Sonny, who's like kind of a cheerleader, but they don't have any like glamour girls. So she pitched Marlena. It's as such an the, interesting thing because, yeah, Marlena Dietrich is, she's a dope person in history like but she wore pants and broke gender boundaries and and was inv- famous for like that has stuff. multiple um had multiple um uh patents mm-hmm. she inv- i think she like invented like something that became i don't know the telegraph or something some shit like that sim- did a lot of did a lot of amazing work i think she might have also worked with like the army and code breaking i don't I remember. think she did too um but similarly terry Reynolds, marlena Worked with the army um, and code breaking. Exactly. Awesome. She was a member of the Truth Commission. Um, she's she's pretty cool. Uh, so that was going to be the plan. So once Pillman died, it is either seemed in poor taste or too obvious to keep the Marlena turn. So they switched gears to turn Goldust instead right. of turning Marlena. So while we're on this subject, uh, first of all, I think Marlena Terry did a, a pretty good job acting in that breakup. That was a good... like I That scene... You know, we talk about like the the scenes in the interviews that that really stand out, and obviously mankind killed it. Uh, and then some other ones. I I don't know. I never really saw the Goldust one. I'm, I'm, it didn't sound like it was that you know interesting to watch when he was talking about his past or whatever. But the whole like breakup where Goldust is just like, look at me, look at me. I'm talking to you. Look at me. And I was just like, that is a really intense and interesting choice to make while he's doing the scene. You know, like he had just seen get shorty. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it was, it was, I thought really good. And the way she like really took it. And also tying in his relationship with his father and all this and how he hates feeling controlled. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, also, um, the Raw after Bad Blood, uh, the Melanie Pillman interview. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. That should have been shown to, like, Child Protective Services because it, it seems... Should have shown to CPS or what? Are you saying she comes off as the bad guy in that? or Not that she comes off as the bad guy. She came off as, like, on drugs. She was. Yeah. Um, it was the... Day after, uh, I know. Look, she should get high if, if that's what gets her through. But what I'm saying is, like, the way she was talking about everything that was going on, and that I don't know. All, I think the focus on that should be solely, solely on Vince. What the fuck are you doing? Right. Putting a camera in this woman's right, face. Right, that's the whole thing. It's like it just was bad. It was all. It was all bad. It, it was, was all, all bad, bad taste. Like it was like asking questions, and she was like. He was the best father and the best husband, and then they were like, "If like it was weird kayfabe, but 
I yeah, don't know how trying to still they were still trying to basically make it. They were still playing the angle. They didn't completely like, abandon it. They didn't. So like it was just bad. It was just yeah. bad. It's it. It is like famously one of the like a really bad decision they made. They famously make a lot of bad yeah. decisions, and they're making they're making them all up and down this this time period. So also it was weird because all of the footage they showed about Brian Pillman in that tribute was all from the past year because I guess he had just come over from yeah. exactly because you can't show like the WCW stuff. <laughs> it's really funny because it's just like yeah, and then the time that he showed the light in front of everybody, you remember that, guys. So basically, you're this, the setup of this match is it's so weird because there's so many people that are huge stars or are going to be huge stars. But there's like everyone's in weird, very a lot of weird transition periods. This is one of Vader's last matches. Um, Goldust is a, is in the midst of a of a gimmick uh, retooling that hasn't full that won't, still won't fully take effect for well, a little this bit point longer. He looks like a drow from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's just he's not. That would be a night elf to you. He's not uh, all the way done. Thank you. But he he's his I character mean, is going to get interesting and do some more really like unexpected things. But he's in a transition period. Mark Marrow's in a transition period. Blackman is brand new. Furnace Lafont took a heel turn. Also, who cares? Um, Jim well, Nathan and Burge Bulldog. Car accident. I get it. Jim Nathan and Burge Bulldog again. Must I remind you? Not Canadian. Okay. Bring now. I think are we all up to speed? Yes. <laughs> okay. Great. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I, I did note actually that I thought Marrow's trajectory was like proto Neville. So it sounds like. I was catching on to all the things that they were throwing me. Mm-hmm. Um, the two big things I, that I picked out of this match, one, I, I... I mean, the biggest thing were Steve Blackman's pants. He could have hit a fifth member in those legs. He... He sticks with that gear his entire career. His what? His ring gear was... I, I was like, is it Cobra Kai or is it actual Tiger Shulman? You lost me. You don't know Tiger Shulman? Tiger Shulman is like a... Anytime I ask something, Eric responds with, you don't know the blank, the thing that I just said, I don't know. Yes. Tiger Shulman is like, uh, like Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Like, it's like, if you were, if you grew up in the suburbs, Tiger Shulman was like I think I a big a tiger martial arts, probably Tiger Shulman karate or something yeah. like that. But it was just like, I took the Tom name Sudo, Tiger Shulman you. was always like, stuck out to me as a Jew. I was like, oh, it's, uh, hey, I'm Tiger. <laughs> I'm gonna here. Just hit me. Not so hard. It's pronounced Tiger. Here, break this board and then break this bagel did in you half. Look up Tiger Shulman. I did. I'm looking. Honestly, wood, wood. Oh my god. Oh my god. Speaking of bagels, Eric, when you were watching the Raws, judo, up, judo. Wow. Oh. Uh, this was um, Lawler talking about Brian Christopher not having any knowledge about martial arts. I wrote it in my notes, and he goes, he thinks judo is what bagels are made out of, and I was like. Is this more offensive <laughs> to Jews or more offensive to where's judo from? Ke- Japan. I mean, it's more offensive to to Jewish people. I would but, think, yeah. right? <laughs> calling calling bagel what makes bagels judo is real bad. It's a, yes, it's definitely bad. More, it's for sure bad. But it's not as offensive as you not knowing where judo comes from. Do you, look it up. Where does judo come from? No, you sit. You sit in this mess. <laughs> Damn it! Does anybody have anything? Japan. I was right. Okay, sorry. Does anybody have anything interesting to say about this match? Uh, I thought that Vader whiffed on this promo. He had oh, like four sorry. brain farts. They uh, they like went to him, and it took him like a full three beats yeah, to be yeah. like, "Oh, we got a great." You don't know, like telling us what to do, and it's like what? It's yeah. like every, it just. This was. I mean, they have gone to this. Team Canada, Team USA, well, so often, and never with less 
like never more lazy than here. Very, well, they're like, very here's, little ammo. Here's American guys, and then I don't know. Here's guys who aren't American. I don't know. I also, like it just like was very bad. I also noted. I was like, did they shoot the Patriot and take his music? <laughs> Were they just like, he was injured? So Patriot was supposed okay. to be in this match before he was injured. Steve Blackman was filling in for the Patriot. Basically. Okay, they should just give Steve Blackman the fabe. Um, Rick Rude throws coffee in his face and beats him with a briefcase on Raw a few day, a few episodes before. Oh, I think I may have seen that. He was supposed to fight Hunter, I think. Honestly, they should have just given Blackman the, the mask. Like, no one would have noticed. <laughs> yeah, um, there was um, oh that, and the other thing I really didn't like that this match that was notable was the uh, that, that moonsault Mark Marrow did that totally got bleh between him and Doug Furness. Uh, he did actually a pretty nice so I guess what would I call this because it was standing moonsault so it was a yeah. moonsault but he like oh, jumped the, up the, to the quick does spin does the jump spin yeah. and then the moonsault and which I moonsault, like as his move that was cool he called it the marrow salt that was the thing he did and typically how it would work was the person he was who was receiving it would you know they'd land and like upside down on top of each other and he would land backwards just like that however I can't tell what happened in this. I watched it over like a bunch of times. I think what happened is Furnace's knee came out. So he almost like half caught him in a power slam, but not all the way. And they both kind of fell. And you can see Mero sort of being like, what the fuck? Like as he like went to pin him. Um, but there was like, it was a botch there. And it was, it just was a shame because it was probably the most like cool move of the match. And it was a total fuck up. The one thing I will say is I did think there were every move that involved Vader getting lifted and slammed i was like that was pretty cool yeah like mm-hmm. when um what is it called when when um what, what's bulldog's move where he like lifts? he does the vertical suplex but he does, he'll suplex. do usually a longer delayed vertical suplex but he did wasn't gonna delay that long no nobody's gonna I mean, delay he delayed it lo- pretty long, long considering enough. that it's right so there. but he's done them before i mean bobby lashley does them now that it feels like you could honestly like compose a sonata in the amount of time the guy's upside down right but like uh bulldog doing a vertical suplex on vader Fantastic, and we all know that when you get lifted vertically in a straight line, you your body goes rigid. It's like when you flip a shark upside <laughs> yeah. down. The thing, yeah. ver- receiving a vertical suplex, I feel like is actually more work than giving someone a vertical suplex. Oh no, 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 for sure. It, it's literally like you are in. It's the like a yoga wa- pose. It's like when you're in the water and doing like a handstand, except that you have somebody holding you. But yeah, but even. Harder. It's much harder <laughs> than harder. that. Yeah, you're not. Oh, because I guess the water. Is yeah, it's much water. harder. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like doing a handstand. Yeah. It's yeah. Fair. Um. Okay. None but, of us, just to be clear, none of us have ever done a headstand except in water. That's why we're like, oh, will you do a headstand in water? Because the only place we could fathom that's doing my, it. Yeah, that was my like <laughs> when we, when connection. We, when we were at SummerSlam. <laughs> My girlfriend asked the room if any of us there could do a flip. <laughs> was it a flip or a backflip? It doesn't no, matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And we we were all we got angry. angry. We were like, first like, of all, how dare you even how how would you ever even think for a second that any of us have the ability to do a flip and that was not our our primary method right? of locomotion? Like like it just I mean like on you the think one I was hand, hiding my flip light under a bushel? No, on the one hand, I'm a little bit like I guess I should have been imp- like not uh, I, I guess I should have felt. Uh, complimented because yeah. it's like wow any of you maybe my friends are able to do this and they just you know hold it under their hat <laughs> but on the other hand i was like have you not considered 
what it takes to do a flip. I would be doing flips down the subway platform. I would be doing them every, I'd be doing them from your front door to this table. I would be holding my microphone in front of me <laughs> as I flipped in here. The, uh, the other thing is that just, it's like, it would be like me saying like, oh, have you, any of you guys uh, performed brain surgery? Like, what the fuck? It's like, it's like throwing it in my face that I can't flip. I know I can't flip. I also thought, um, Vernus, uh, Vernus. <laughs> hey, Vern. Uh, Furnace's suplex of Vader was great too. He had a really like he did a really good. Was it a, maybe a snap suplex? I don't remember. It was a, it was a suplex where Vader went. You know he like Vader went fully over. Obviously Vader did a lot of work for that as well. Oh yeah, but and Vader but was like, moving slow as the match went on. Yeah, this yeah, is one of his last matches. I mean, you know what? This this is one of those matches where you know we're like oh where I'm I'm like. Man, all the stuff that involves Vader is great, and it's because Vader is great. Vader is great. Vader, Vader is great, a, but this Vader is not is nimble. But I mean, you know, you know what I mean. I know. Like, he's he was so much in, more in selling the moves. One of these days, I mean, when I don't have like forty-seven other hours of wrestling and wrestling documentaries and other things to consume, so you mean I never. would love to look into like Vader's best matches on Earth, like from Japan, oh, yeah. and just like really, really sit down and appreciate him at his best, having only seen him at the tail end of his sort of like career. Um, and still being a I mean, huge despite fan. Despite the fact, though, that he does wrestle, um, Eric was right. He wrestles for 20 years after this. His last match was in 2017. Yeah, I was right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, yeah, I just oh, said you were right. Yeah, you said he was on a walker. Well, you know, I have to take these fucking wins. <laughs> he can't do a flip, <laughs> but he got that one thing right. Um,. Uh, before we move on, I gotta pour one out for my homies. Um, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, Furnace, Lafont, and British Bulldog. This is the last WWE pay-per-view that we will see them on. Wait, what? Yep. Are they gonna... They're all off TV. I don't. We're not saying they're all going to be about. They're all not dropping dead. You literally said pour one out for my homies. Yeah, yeah that was Aaron. You have to be careful <laughs> with okay. this topic. Oh, in yeah. sorry. Oh, you mean in wrestling? There yeah. might be like there might be a difference between people no longer being on TV and them dying. We pulled one out for we pulled one out for Brian Pillman just last episode. Yeah. So. Okay, so I will reframe. This is the last pay per view that they will be on. Um, Anvil and Bulldog will be on a few more episodes of Raw here and there, but do they go to WCW? Yeah, I will remember you. Do, 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 do. Sorry, perfect pitch. I don't know, Bobby, if you knew what I was singing, but I recognize that. But I, I will know. remember you. It's it's a shame that this is Bulldog's last match, especially do deserved to get the European Championship in Europe. One more time. Well, keep in mind, it's his la- It's not his last match ever in oh. WWE or WWF. He only has one more televised match after this. Guys, he, he I'm comes literally back. right here. Hmm? Bulldog comes back years later. And I believe wins a title. Yes. Is this in our purview? I'm going to confirm. Um, it'll be so far from, from now, Eric, you won't remember. Well, then perfect. I'm really good at not remembering. Like it happened like at a time when I was, it was like when I was already in college. Also, I searched British Bulldog, and all I got were pictures of very cute English Bulldogs. <laughs> and honestly, not that upset by it. I yeah, won't right. remember you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very right. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. I am the historian. <laughs> and I looked up shit on Wikipedia once. I was like, I am right. 
on this. Man, Aaron's just handing them out today. Um, so let's see. Yeah, I'm done with this match. It was whatever. It was, like a lot of the Survivor Series matches just didn't really. This what? was just basically the upper mid card, just giving them something to do. Yeah, and everyone, like I said, there's a lot fine. of people in a lot of transition right now, so I don't think it really ever like clicked in totally but they were i mean this outshone i think the truth commission earlier i mean yeah oh yeah no every each one was slightly better than the one than its predecessor i agree with that um i i obviously steve blackman they're trying to you know they're they were trying to still have him be over while not really winning. because they had him leave on a count out no, i think the count out was meant to be they like uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it was like a- ring awareness He's new. He's he new. He's like, he didn't have the rules. Oh. And, oh, the best part about that, it was after they were like, you're counted out. He was like, what? And then Vader had to come and be like, you're counted out. <laughs> yeah. And while Vader was about to be counted out. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you know what? I liked I liked the Goldust stuff a little bit. I liked I liked that it seemed like they were building a program of some sort, right? Where Goldust is like, I'm not going to let you tag me. Yeah, he's, in a, he's in, in a bit of a heel turn. I mean, like I said, I feel like he's everything... He's in a mood. Yeah, he's, he's in a mood. The F.U. stands for Forever Unchained. Um, oh, it, oh, okay. They said that in the commentary, they told us that. Oh, is that really? Yeah. And then they said, like, Alive at Last or something? Like, yeah, I think on the back on of his head back, it said... And then, like, on his... Alive Again. Alive Again, and then on his cast it said Freedom. I was just like, hey, man, why don't you pick one thing? Yeah. Like it's it's a little bit gilding the lily on uh, getting getting. Well, look, he he's just gonna go out and off buy a on your divorce. Car. He eat, pray, loved. He went. He did. He he hiked the PCH or whatever the fucking right. His, his dick says like looking for more trim, Edge Lord. <laughs> did not like that. Ugh. Jacqueline Cook is going to dinner with Stone Cold. Oh my god, this I was, loved it. I loved this so much. She was so excited. But my favorite thing was like, we're gonna hang up, we're gonna call you back later. And I was like, that woman is never going to dinner with Stone Cold. Stone Cold's like, uh, North Carolina? Fuck okay, you. ready, ready? Here's how it worked. Right? They're like, Jacqueline, we're gonna call you back. She's like, okay, okay. Then she gets up immediately, runs to her vanity, starts curling her hair and putting on her lipstick and waiting. <laughs> and she's still there now. <laughs> I, I was like, they got the phone call, right? Yeah, they, they. You mean they didn't dial a phone? <laughs> they were like, "Stop wiggling air. it! I'm trying to get this." Yeah, they they had her on the line. They were like, "SummerSlam was how many months before?" So I mean, they got the message at least. Yeah, I think uh, they they were like, "Oh, you know what? Radio shows do this every, all, every literally every day when they give away Billy Joel tickets." True. So you would think that we could mimic what they do. Um, I was really wondering. I mean. Bobby squashed my dreams, but I was wondering what dinner with Steve Austin was like for Jacqueline. Like, where do you think he took her? Where, 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 where did she propose? Also, Outback Steakhouse. Why is that the prize? Like, why is it not like just meet? Why is it like a meet? Why is it a date with your favorite superstar? And it just seems ten of her very favorite friends. Weird. Yeah. What was the Survivor Series Super Supper sweepstakes? <laughs> By the way, supper. No, that's true. But it, why not? I because mean, it was alliterative. Here's what I would want. Tickets to Royal Rumble and a chance to like meet your favorite superstar. That's much better. But that doesn't have an S at the beginning of any of it. I don't know if you're... I, I want you to work with us on the Seats brainstorming of at this. at the Royal Rumble. I think it's so that they can then have a photo op kind of thing at some point. Here's this time. I'm sure I read Steve about Austin it in WWF Magazine. Um, I, I, like, 
I thought a Jacqueline is dope because she picked you know the the oh, best yeah she, the best she, picked, she picked well but also I wish she would have picked Bret Hart <laughs> <laughs> void if uh, now <laughs> now working for a new yeah. but like I, it's funny it's like she picked the this, this I guess you know if we were all to make our own choices right from uh-huh. this time period. I think Steve Austin is the one you want, but also is Steve like if you're thinking realistically, like who do I want to have a good dinner experience with? Is Steve Austin really the pick? Because like it could be. I I think Steve Austin would be a a great dinner guest. But what if he's just what if he's just like fuck this? I don't fucking care. I don't like you. Like, don't you want somebody who's going to engage you? I think he will. I think he actually... I mean, that's like his whole... His new show is like, I'm just being Steve Austin. I'm going to hang people. out with... You're using 2019 eyes. Yeah. I'm saying like, given what we know about Steve Austin from sure. this, where he's just like, I'm a wrestling. Like, I feel like they want us to think that every female wrestling fan would immediately be like, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, and the dinner's going to be my fucking pussy. We're going to do this. <laughs> like, let's go. Hey, let's go. Meanwhile, Eric wants over here wants it to be. I want Mick Foley and I want him to eat bugs. I, I, oh, I think that would be hundred percent Mick Foley. That Could would be imagine? dope. Mick Foley is the answer. Where would okay? Where would where would mankind choose to eat? Mankind doesn't understand the concept of a restaurant. It would be the dumpster outside yeah. of a, probably a fancy restaurant. Because he would be, he warrior. would set up a lady in the be, tram table outside yeah. a nice restaurant. He's a class it would be the honey I poured next to an anthill. <laughs> okay, where would Dude Love want to eat? Dude Love would definitely go to a Hard Rock Cafe. Ooh. Or um, what, God, what was it? What was around at the same time? Olive Garden doesn't work. Planet Hard Rock Hollywood, Cafe really, yeah, yeah. Planet Hollywood, Hard Rock Cafe, maybe like a Chili's. Maybe, but I think he needs something a little bit more gimmicky. I think he'd be like, yeah, dude, we're going to go to Studio 54. <gasps> Margaritaville. Mm. Margaritaville f- feels real close. That feels close. I thought we're, we're getting there. We're think, getting there. I don't there. think it's a chain, though. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, I think it's Margaret, like an out- There's more than... There's but I feel like more. it's almost like an outdated chain. Like, it's like Johnny Rockets or something. Well, okay... Johnny Rockets is outdated. No, no, but uh, are incredible. I don't mean outdated. I, I mean like something a little bit more kitschy, period PC. Well, okay. So first of all, the problem with Hard Rock is Hard Rock only exists existed in like you know banner cities. Yeah. So like in North Carolina, South Carolina, I don't remember where she was from. Not gonna happen. But I don't know if they're flying her or they're flying. No, him. he's going out to them. No way. I think they're flying no, her. No, 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 no. In her town with her ten friends. You can go to. It's your favorite restaurant in your town. Oh my god! I like. I heard that, and I guess it just didn't register. Now that I'm like visioning this, and boy, what an insane thing! Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine if we had like we did this right now, and we were like, okay. Becky Lynch is going to come and she's going to go to Habana Outpost or whatever. Or like she's going to go to Charlene's with us. It's like, take her to Olmstead, you fucking yes. idiot. But oh. Habana Outpost is your first oh, go to? I'm just thinking, oh, are they paying for dinner? I'm thinking like a place yes! where they just go. Oh, it's yes! time. Fine. I mean, also, I would pay for Becky Lynch to eat at Olmstead. <laughs> I think I can spare it. I'd be like, Becky, you, you got to try the egg rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Like, sorry guys, we're gonna have to pay an extra three dollars each to be able to pay for a wrestling superstar <laughs> to eat with us. So Becky Lynch would be your choice today? Oh no, I, my personal. Well, honestly, so I feel like if I won this contest, I would be Goldberg. I would confab with you guys. Gonna be like my my bestest friends who would sure. want to do this. Like, who would we want to eat 
dinner with. Sure. And we'd come to an agreement because, like, I would have who would be like fun and also. Oh no, I might just. Sammy Zane. Kevin Owens. Sammy, Owen. Sammy Zane or Kevin Owens. Owens. Kevin Owens is probably up there. Um, Rusev. Rusev is very is it could be could potentially be good. The Miz. He's a nice. He's a really nice guy. The Miz seems like a nice guy. I like his show. I like I, I like the the first um, five to seven minutes I see of every episode of the show, <laughs> <laughs> and no other minutes. Uh, who else? I mean, cause I, don't, I don't think I'd pick like a Sasha Banks or anything. I love her. Um, yeah, I think I would pick. Uh, but Becky Lynch honestly is on the list. I would put Becky Lynch. Becky I mean, Lynch is she pretty was, high on the list. Or, or Daniel Bryan also maybe. I'm not going some fucking vegan. I'm not taking him to champs. <laughs> Though he would be he would Honestly, be he'd be fun it. at champs. Uh, okay, final question. Cactus Jack, where would he eat? Which chain restaurant? Oh, he's definitely eating at a Texas Roadhouse where he's spitting the peanut shells on the floor, 100%. All right, done. Good. I'm glad we did this. That was fun. Oh, Kane. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Mick Foley. Yes. Undertaker package. First of all, great music. Yeah. Really good music. Yeah. That package was epic. Um, we need to talk about Kane and a lot of the things because they had a great buildup for um for five weeks, a month, five weeks of Kane, right? Mm-hmm. It yeah. was basically Continues. Well he's just he's going through people. He starts with uh, a very, very young Hardy Boys. But let's also let's preface this by saying that the way he goes through people is not like the not like the new outlaws, uh, etc. whatever. Um it's age new age outlaws. While we're correcting it's also disciples of apocalypse, not the apocalypse. Okay, now we're all corrected. <laughs> It's Kefabe. Um, okay, we're all here now. No, okay. So, sorry. It So, it's not in the road dog, badass Billy Gunn way where it's like, we're going to have a match. It's they announce a match. Yeah. and That he's not a part of. That he's not a part it's of. It's not like um, we see now with Braun Strowman, Viking Raiders and stuff like squash matches with jobbers. It's not that. Right. It is. He's interrupting unannounced matches. So, he just he just shows up. Mm-hmm. As he's been doing since Bad Blood, mm-hmm. so he shows up and they against what a, a probably barely legal, probably not legal Hardy Boys. Definitely not legal. Continue. I think no. I think they're le- they. I think they already did. They're not legal. They're sixteen, but they're still. I, they've got to be seventeen, they're, eighteen they're, max. They're, he was born and said he's twenty years old at this point. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um. They're you know they're wee babes, but you know they're legally allowed to work. Uh. So he goes through them. I think he goes through Ahmed Johnson. Flash Funk first. Oh, Flash Funk. Right, right, right. Yeah. He goes through Ahmed Johnson when Ahmed Johnson is calling out Stone Cold Steve Austin. We'll get to all that. Right. But um, what I love about this is at one point um, it was uh, it was Man... Oh, no, it was... Uh, Dude, Dude Love. Dude Love was set to fight the British Bulldog. British Bulldog. Right. So Dude Love is set to fight British Bulldog. And Kane shows up. And it's Dude Love had already done the entrance. British Bulldog wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Kane uh, destroys the, the Dude Love. Well, no, but unlike all the other ones, Dude Love first grabs a chair and tries to put up some offense yes. against him. Right. And so, you know, there's a little bit of offense, but like he is, you know, Kane's a monster. Kane, you know, does the same thing he's been doing mm-hmm. to the other guys. But the difference, and this is what I love about it, is that what they, what I was imagining to happen because they established a pattern at some point, mm-hmm. 
was that Kane was just going to beat the shit out of multiple low card wrestlers at you know for a month mm-hmm. and then eventually work towards something right but what i really enjoyed about the way that this program went is that one of the one of the wrestlers who was essentially going to job for him became a program for him yeah. and of course it was and because it's not going to be the undertaker because the undertaker has announced that he will not fight his own blood and you know what that maybe that is the um monologue that i should do for my audition <laughs> because he really the, he really developed he, he delivered that one um but yeah he's like i'm not gonna do it and um you know of course dude loves response is or it's not really dude loves response no because it's not dude love it's it's mankind mankind is like if you take on you know you you attack dude love now you have to now you have to deal with me and I was like all in on it. And I love that because then the following week, Mankind says he wants a match with Kane. Sergeant Slaughter comes out and says, I'm not going to sanction this match. Your, your mental state and his mental state, people are going to get hurt. Mankind mandible claws Sergeant Slaughter, and all of a sudden, the match is on. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, I guess I would do whatever Mick Foley told me to do if he it's, stuck his fingers in my mouth. It's because he hits a certain nerve yeah. in, your, in your jaw that makes you assent to whatever. Look, he I just want to know what, if the same thing works if Goldberg puts, puts his fingers in my mouth. Let's just test it and find out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this match. I love this build. I fucking love Kane. It is unreal. I forgot, and like even just like watching this, it's the little things I like. Do it's you, the head cock. It's like the it's the little things I really like. Do you guys like the red lights? No, I yes. hate it. Okay. Oh, I hated okay, that. Okay, me too. Thank you. Here's Wait, what which I was one saying. are you agreeing with, Eric with, or me? With you? Yeah, I um, hated yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I hate the red lights. Um, I actually wrote, "Let's yes, keep wrestling in the dark room." <laughs> Paul Bearer is developing film at ringside. <laughs> I like how, how JR sold this as one of Kane's unexplained powers is to like, what are Kane's other unexplained there's powers? There's a callback later in the show where there's like a weird feedback sound during a match and uh, Jim Ross like, well, it must be Kane leaving the building. And it's like, <laughs> what? Uh, it's bizarre. But at this Kane point- Kane has the power to put gaffer tape in the backstage <laughs> area. It's just like, there's some things, Eric, that you can't unknow, which is like so, it's so upsetting for me. But like, you have something like, Kane does not talk. Kane does not talk. Kane is fully covered from fucking tip to tail except for one well, arm. He talks when he ran for mayor of not. I know, but you've seen him talk yeah. since. Okay. But I'm saying that, like, because you're used to all these things. But for the long, for a very long time, we will not hear Kane speak ever. And, oh, I love it. And but and he, the, his outfit covers everything except for that one arm because we are led to believe that he is so physically deformed. He never takes the mask off. It's. Like the the commitment to this character is so, and he's so fucking good. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something controversial. Oh boy! Oh boy! Kane looks cooler when he does the Michael Myers than Undertaker does. Yes, agreed. The Michael Myers the sit up. Michael Myers. Yes. The yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. Is like that. I was like, I can. So with when Undertaker does the sit up, I never, I never drew the connection to Michael Myers. When Kane does the sit-up, because he's got that face, he's got the mask. That fucking Doctor Doom kind of mask. Yeah, uh, uh, 
but yeah, Doctor Doom. I was going to say like or MF Doom or whatever. Or same thing. What right? MF Doom is the same as Doctor MF Doom is your go-to before Doctor Doom. A little bit. It's the same mask, except you can see some face anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, you can. Like I was like, oh, oh, it's like Michael Myers. He's like the unstoppable killer. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Came so fucking good. Also, um, Mankind had a really good promo at the beginning. Of Man, this. I, I also wrote that too. He. God damn it, Mick Foley's a fucking genius. He's a fucking yeah. genius. I, I, he was talking about how he's like, I'm not wrestling a man. I'm wrestling a brick wall, and I'm gonna, gonna run, run into the. Old... It's like fuck. And you know it's what he so did good. when Kane showed up? What did he do? Ran into that brick Ran wall. Ran fucking right into but, it. Didn't even wait for the for him to enter the ring. It's a tiny little thing, so Mick Foley. Just like calling Jr. Jimmy to me is like so fucking good. Sure. Like oh, just everything about it. Also, Kane is missing an eye. They, they were like, I'm like, I could see his eye, but or, but I was like, maybe it's a like a, a Peter Falk Glass thing. Eye, yeah. Um, but I was, I also thought it was interesting. This was they talked about this in one of the Raws, right? One of the earlier Raws. They were like, he's missing an eye, and I was like, looking at the at his mask, and I was like, did they tailor his mask in a way so that it looked like he was missing an eye because it looked like his like the eye for one of the holes was like more centered and the eye for the other hole didn't look as centered and I was like is this a trick of the camera? way overthinking. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. They, they have a mask guy and the guy's like do you like what is he what's his size? <laughs> but I was like I, I was like you know what that's pretty cool that, that he's just got supposed to have one eye. And it's great that we're talking about this right for SummerSlam where we saw the Fiend which I think is also one of the fucking coolest things oh, I've seen in wrestling. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah, 100% I, yes. These are the best. Like we will see other spoopy characters come and go over the years that are get that get too spoopy. But I, this is Kane is so fucking good. And again, I'm, I I forget how good he is physically. Like just how good yeah. of a because no. It, what's bizarre about that is like I get like oh because I'm used to like older Kane who is a little more limited. But also I was just watching. Glenn Jacobs wrestle as fake Diesel being so shitty, like not being good at all. Second ago, so it's so weird that he yes. was like not good, so good, and then of course like with um, age. I will point out for listeners that when I said fake Diesel sucks, you were like fake Diesel is actually pretty good. The concept sucks, and I was like, well, I think what I, if I recall, we'll have to go back to the tape. Is that like I was saying like there's a great wrestler in there? No, of but course he wasn't. All, I, I acknowledge there was that. no good fake Diesel performance. I that's um, see I think he was fine at the end of the Rumble. Uh, the Rumble, yeah, sure. We will go back to tape because I, I, that, I mean, the the point I was making was that obviously I knew that he was going to become Kane and stuff. So I wait. Was like, did you know Diesel. he was going to become Kane? Yeah, the yes. first time that we we went over this, we I said fake Diesel. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you were, uh, we but also man of a tell the difference faces. between fake Razor and fake Diesel in the same episode. So <laughs> no, I didn't. I couldn't tell the difference between fake Razor and real Razor because I never saw him. No, you. We will go back to the tape. Listen, we did a clip show. I I listened to all of this. And listeners, you should know that Eric is the one to edit this, and you know he's going to put the clip in from that episode just to rub it in our face. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Only only because I... Only if he's right. No, no, only because I'm overloaded. I might And if he's not right, you guys will never hear any of this. (laughs) Well, now you're challenging me. You you want me to put the clip in. I I know how how to do a fade out and a fade in now after, after the comments. All right. Um, so th- oh wait, one other thing. Uh, in in the promo aspect of it, um, you know the whole concept is that until the Undertaker fights Kane, 
Kane's gonna make the Undertaker's life a living hell. Yes. How? By wrestling people? I think just kind of like shoving it in his face. Like Undertaker is the the big bad scary man in the WWF, and now there's a a bigger, badder, scarier man. I like that. That's the version of hell for the Undertaker. He's like, oh, this is the worst. I was the scariest. <laughs> like my version of a living hell is probably scarier than indescribable. That. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. A lot of gnashing of teeth and like I don't know Just wailing. Just there's all the wailing. there's no toothpaste left at any time. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like oh, this is ver- a very liberal version of a of a hell, a living hell. Oh, this match was good though. I liked everything. Eh. No, I, I thought I, the lighting. The lighting was terrible. Was that, terrible. I they had some good spots though. I thought it was like a fun. They had the I like I really liked the. It wasn't really a choke slam, but like the the choke throw through yeah. the table. I thought was good. Agreed. I thought they had some nice spots here. I mean, like mankind will do anything to to sell a great match, and I think that. He did it here. Yeah, the, this was a perfect first opponent for him. It made so much sense for with the Paul Bearer connection. It just like it was so. This was great. I, sure, I was really rough, into it. A lot I, of rough chair I just, shots. I feel yeah. like it was like that Game of Thrones episode where they had the, the huge battle in the dark and you just couldn't really tell yeah. what was going on. And there were a lot of times there where thank God they went to the replay because when the action was happening, I couldn't tell what was happening. Agreed. Maybe you just need to get your vision checked. I don't know. What like did they specify it was a no DQ match? No, I think there was being. I think it's one of those like it's the referee's discretion and being pretty liberal. And, and considering that um, a, a half burned demon from hell has conjured up the red lights, and I think the <laughs> yeah. referee is going to be he's pretty like, fucking. Uh, he's a half burned thirty two year old who grew up like uh, sequestered by Paul Bearer. I don't know about demon from hell. He's embraced. He that. has magic powers. He can make fire erupt from from the ring. All we know that he can do so far is that he is can, make fire. He, he can erupt make from microphones sound a little weird sometimes. And and I do love that whenever there's a, a cane stuff. match, then the entire night you can see the flame posts yeah, yeah, that yeah. are taped there the entire time <laughs> he he know listen are, are we gonna say that hbk also can make flames come out because no those are fireworks but, but like the whole point is kane is otherworldly yeah yeah i guess he was still he's still kane taker so then we go backstage what do you think vince is thinking at this point of the night I kind of almost want to like go back to this and talk okay. about because there's so there's like so many things. All in right, Wait, where's the what's the backstage? The backstage is when oh, when who's gonna win? Yeah, there's just yeah, a, they're, a, and, and they're talking about security backstage and stuff. Also, like Sergeant Slaughter is wearing what I'm pretty sure is technically a girdle um, under the blazer. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what? It's, okay. very, it's bizarre. But well, then we should move on because this next part is insanely convoluted. It. Ugh. God, yeah, this okay, it. I'm going to go into this. Feel free to interrupt me at any point for anything you want to comment on. But the Nation of Domination has a lot of feuds going into this. But their story starts out with a match between Rocky and the British Bulldog that ended with Farouk beating down the Heart Foundation with a leather strap after Bulldog gets the win. Farouk also calls out Austin for what he pulled at Bad Blood during the Intercontinental Championship match. Um, and the following week, Common Mustafa takes on Owen in a non-title match. The match ends with the Nation and the Heart Foundation brawling. 
these are the players at the start of this. The nation takes a break with their story from the hearts to beat up Ahmed Johnson because they've been again fighting for thing forever. To do. Yeah. And Shamrock and the Legion of Doom comes to his aid right before Legion's tag team championship match. It's Ahmed and Shamrock against Common Rocky the following week, and at this point, Degeneration X joins the story, sitting on the ramp with signs like Uncle Tom 316, yep. Buckwheat Lives, and Black is Beautiful. Farouk even borrows Rick Root's briefcase and beats down Shamrock with the ref distracted, allowing Rocky to get the win. As if it hasn't yet, now it gets super fucked up. The nation's locker room has been vandalized. Canadian flags are everywhere. Super racist graffiti on the walls. Watermelon. Crossed out Malcolm X. Um, KFC. Yeah, oh, KFC with the line through it. Uh, And a a very crude, like, afro afro face. face with huge lips. Um... Farouk is pissed. It's lit- it's a literal hate crime. Yeah. Going off on the racism of this country, making very valid points. Farouk calls out Bret Hart, believing the Hart Foundation to be behind it, which DX is happy to help stoke. The nation and the foundation brawl on the outsides. Um, and then Stone Cold shows up to stun Farouk, giving Bret the W. Yes, Stone Cold is involved in this story as well. The Nation is then interviewed by Vince about racism in the WWF. Vince apologizes, but Farouk wants to know if Vince will apologize for the past 400 years, and the crowd boos the shit out of it. Also, I think Vince refers to it as, like, racial, which I guess the New York Times has been following what uh, what Vince McMahon uh, uses as his uh, guidelines for what's racist versus racial. Mm. He said racial slurs, not, like, just racist, racist slurs. Uh, anyway, Vince just like wants to move on from this as quickly as he can. Fruit then calls out the Hart Foundation, who show up at the top of the ramp. And while they will accept any challenge, they say there's no racism in Canada, once again. The Hearts are pointing the finger at DX for the vandalism, because, duh, it was definitely them. DX responds by accusing the Hart Foundation of being literal clan members and saying they were using the N-word while they spray-painted the locker room. This is enough for the nation to charge the Hart Foundation. None of these factions are facing each other at Survivor Series. Yeah. Um, they the, the KKK references were, like, abounding. They literally just said, Grand Wizard, um, you had sheets over your head. Uh, they probably just said KKK and the Klan. It was, it was not a lot left to the imagination. So we started this podcast with the notion that we're looking at this through 2019 eyes. And I think what's complicated here is no one's a face. Right. Right? No one is a face. Because sometimes, I'm trying to think of an example where they're using this kind of, uh, when they're using something kind of hot button, even if it's not racism homophobia, transphobia, misogyny, whatever. But sometimes they do it, and yes, it's still disgusting. It's probably better they don't do it at all because it's going to empower people to use it irresponsibly. But a lot of times wrestling is a, a, is a morality tale, and, mm-hmm. it's, it, and it's good guys and bad guys, and the bad guys do shitty things like be racist, and right. then they get their comeuppance, and we cheer for the good guys to beat them. 
why that's not the case here is technically the Asian domination are bad guys. Yeah. And we're cheering for them to be humiliated and violated and all of this stuff. And so this whole thing is very weird because DX are also heels, basically. I mean, I guess tweeners, you would really call them. And the hearts are heels. So who are we rooting for here? The nation? I am, but I mean, I'm not supposed to be. Yeah. Who who am I I supposed to be rooting for? Um, I think you're supposed to be rooting for wrestling. That's that's what, this is, this is a... I mean, at for the end conflict. of the day, you're supposed to be rooting for conflict. This right? is bad. This is ba- th- actually it's ba- it's this ba- is just bad writing yeah, in it, general. Well, it's it's very bad because the commentary team is going out of their way to do that. Oh, these guys are so articulate. They're so intelligent. Talking about the nation of domination, who have just been fooled by these group of pranksters that this other group is the ones responsible in like well, setting. They saw a Canadian flag. So, I mean, listen, it doesn't take a Sherlock to figure out. This is 100% the Hart Foundation's MO to spray paint this shit in locker rooms and leave Canadian flags lying around. Well, who are you going to blame? Are you going to blame the group of the family that hails from Canada and just talks about how there's no racism? Or are you going to blame the group of, of people that have gotten together and literally just, like, tell everyone to go fuck themselves and... Hold up Uncle Tom's signs. But also keep in mind that all this is happening. Who knows? And we'll uh, we'll talk uh, so much more about this, about like, who knows what they're pretending to plan toward? Who knows what they're making contingency plans for? Who knows what this was supposed to be before the end of this very night? Yeah. So maybe this was going somewhere. Maybe there was going to be a payoff. Maybe there was going to be something. I kind of wonder if they had... um... Pillman still sure it would have been sure nation of domination versus heart foundation at survivor Series. but things are blowing the fuck up right now and yeah. so and they know that something big is obviously about to blow up soon and, and they vince knows it and they also like wh- what are they doing maybe so who knows but a million things this is very bad and it's it's regardless of you know we're going to talk we talk about a lot of things in modern day eyes blah 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 you know the hosts of this podcast surprise are very liberal uh but even outside of it obviously being morally bad uh it's also it's just bad writing it's just bad writing because at its heart wrestling should be a morality tale with good guys and bad guys and so there's no good guy here even when it's the attitude era and shades of gray and whatever there still is someone you're intended to root for someone you're intended to root against and that's not here but speaking of people that we're supposed to be rooting for, Ken Shamrock's star is on the fucking rise right now. He's great and so hot. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast before. Hot as hell. Yes. Love the shit out of him. Dynamic as hell. What a great... What a... what? A, he's great. He's, he's the great. The return of Boston Dracula. <laughs> he is Boston Dracula, but sexy Boston Dracula. Hey, uh, you know where I can get some blood? <laughs> Down at the car? And Tommy, Tommy, where's the blood at? <laughs> Gina, I asked for the blood. Not that kind of bat. The kind of bat for the socks. The bat. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It's so worth it. But you did kind of a Dracula laugh right there, too. <laughs> um, Shamrock has a great match with Bret Hart for the WWF Championship that he gets screwed out of. And a great match with Shawn Michaels that he also gets screwed out of. Um, and Johnson also getting screwed as well. Um, had an intercontinental match where he looked like he was going to take out Owen, and then Austin stunned him. But now tonight, the Nation de Domination enters the ring, and then 
never a disappointment. Hawk. Well, um, you know what? He didn't say well, but you know who did say well was when they started doing the commercials for the toys, and it was I think um, Thrasher and Mosh. Yeah. Uh, they were playing with the toys. I, one of them. They were playing just, with uh, Legion they, of Doom. They're playing with De- Legion of Doom, and they go well. And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I love the headbangers. I love them. But I, this one was a very again touchy promo. Hawk oh, is like, "There's a criminal element," and I was like, oh. I, And as he said, "criminal element," I feel Ooh. like he subconsciously started looking at Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, it was. They didn't let they didn't let Ahmed Johnson talk for this one, which is a good thank move. good. Uh, no, but I mean, if you're gonna let, it's probably I'm sure they were like, look, it's Hawk or Ahmed. You both can't talk. <laughs> we only got so much. Um. Oh, by the way, but uh, no, but Hawk says, what about like all the blood, and then hopefully you have a friend blood who and... will turn you on your back so, so you, you don't, don't drown in, in the blood. blood. Yeah. It's... It was a very. It was like, and then I saw them having sex, and then the baby came out, and they waved at me. But what? Yeah, like, what does Hawk think he's saying? Is what I want to know. Well, well. By the way, on the on the topic of promos, because uh, Nation of Domination did not have a promo for this, I will say, uh, Rocky Maivia started fucking finally cutting some good promos. Yeah, yeah. this is yeah. He's yeah. he's like you can see in the raws he is bringing fire it is always this has always uh, been true and always will be true it is easier to be a it is easier to get over as a heel than a face that's sure. why there's so much turns and whatever that's why i'm excited for sasha banks's return because i think it's much easier to get a character over as a heel and a face because as a face you're like i'm the good guy crusade for truth and justice and, bah, 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 bah. and i think with a heel you could have a lot more fun yeah yeah, 100%. Honestly, as a heel, you can say what you really feel. Speaking of having fun, I think Ahmed went through a slip and slide I in a real position. I'm like, Ahmed is glistening. Yes, he's like, so wet. But he's like wet in a very specific, like, okay, here's what happened, guys. Ready? So they covered his whole body in, you know that rain X? So on your windshield, the, 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 the rain drops, just stays little beads yes. and then it can wipe yes. it off easily. They covered him in rain X before he went through. So we just covered <laughs> him in a little through, sparkle. Uh, the, 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 um, the car wash. Yeah, he looks like he was wearing like a full like rhinestone body. Body suit, <laughs> and I am here for it. Stunning. Okay, loved it. I thought this was this match was fine. A couple important things, though. We see the Rock give a rock bottom. We do. We see the Rock give a people's elbow. Yep, we do. I don't even know what those are, but I recognized it when he took the the elbow pad off. I was like, that's the people's elbow. Yeah, I indeed. I was gonna say I've I finally decided. I've been every time I watch LOD uh, come out wrestle especially because uh we didn't cover it but in in the raws leading up there was a part where they were like if lod doesn't win the championship they're retiring right, right, yeah, right, they're, right. they're versus title match yeah. they're over and uh i've decided that the pop that lod gets has it has to do it must have to do with their history right it has because it's like yeah definitely they you give them the kind of pop that you give to i don't know who who these days rick well, flair well, remember when the dudleys when came the, back yeah. for a little bit that after was, that was the one that was the one i think that's similar yeah there's definitely a nostalgia element to it um and they also, are they can go yeah they're very silly but i know look they're silly but they're kind of badass they are they have the big spiky shoulder pads they yeah. they're, they're big dudes they're big fucking hosses they they knock guys around they're they're, they're they are what re- they're wrestlers. Yeah, they are wrestlers. They're wrestlers. Um, so I get it. They got the makeup. They're like fun. I'm I'm a, I I get the appeal. 
But like they are, they are so over to a degree where I'm like, okay, some of this is just like they like they you know they like seeing these guys that they've been around. With. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, definitely, definitely, definitely. But everybody, I think like um, the this incarnation of the Ninja Domination, as opposed to Crush and Savio or whatever. So now we have Kama Mustafa, formerly uh, Papa Shango, right. Uh, and we have D'Lo Brown, who was just kind of like a background player in the Anthony Stoney's for a while and now is wrestling. Yeah, I like him. Um, and The Rock coming up. And these guys are, these guys are fucking great. They're yeah. actually all really, really good. Yeah. The worst wrestler in this match by a country mile is Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed, oh, Ahmed he's, Johnson is bad he in this is, match. He he's is bad, bad in bad, almost bad, every match. He is a bad wrestler. Bad re- um, reverse since the Pearl River Pearl. That, that bad reverse since that Pearl River Pearl. Can't say it. Go on. <laughs> that bad reverse into that Pearl River plunge. Yeah, he's he's a mess. And what's with like his running in place kind of thing? I that was a it was like he was like I'm a no sell I'm a no sell now I'm just gonna kind of dance around while you keep hitting me. It was bad because uh, the problem is when you no sell while D'Lo Brown is hitting you and going ugh ugh. It just looks weird. Yeah, yeah. It looks. It makes everyone look bad. This is why when you talk about the greats, the great like Ric Flair sells. Shawn Michaels sells. Shawn Michaels sometimes too much. Shawn Michaels sells like he is part of Amway. Ziggler sells. Oh yeah. Now Charlotte. Why the reason why Charlotte is so good and has so many classic matches is because she sells. Yeah. Like it. It makes the matches better. Yeah. Not like. You looking like a badass actually doesn't get you over. And also, look, I mean, what I've seen from these matches, D'Lo Brown, what his what he brings to the ring is that he sells so far. He's great. And energy. He's he's he, awesome. He's I got charisma him. and personality. You will fall in love. Right, with Right, but D'Lo like Brown. what I've seen so far has yes. been like he did a he did a moonsault too. It was a, a moonsault that missed, and it looked great, and it, and I was fine that it missed. Yeah, you will you will fall in love with D'Lo Brown. They're great. I mean, and, and Ken Shamrock is great, and the LOD does their thing. Everyone in this match is great except for Emma Johnson, who's the worst. The end. <laughs> I just feel like this whole thing—it was a match. Yeah. Um, we had the soon-to-be New Age Outlaws show up in the elbow pads, and I think Billy Gunn was, was had the uh, the animal face paint on. Yes. <laughs> Threw some baby powder at him. So. Oh, I thought it was powdered sugar. I thought that'd be great. <laughs> and with the sweat and everything, it just makes like a nice royal icing on them. Yeah. Is there a, a, dessert, a Chicago dessert? I don't know. Oh, it's it's probably broccoli. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like in Chicago, everything has powdered sugar. So they're, they're vegetables as well. I thought that Rocky had a really good counter with a DDT against uh, it was Ken a great Shamrock. DDT. Yeah. That was a that, I was like, you know what? Rocky's learning. He's been putting his time in the gym. So I think we can see that there's going to be some kind of program coming up very soon between the Legion of Doom and Badass Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. Which makes sense. I know that there was a lot of sh- shenanigans with other tag storylines as you were alluding to earlier. And my gut, this is not based in fact. This is just sort of like my best educated guess. Is they they just realized that the New Age Outlaws were going to be huge and put a rock on their backs and we're like just put them right in the title picture with the with the Legion of Doom who's probably the most over tag team get them out of this Godwin's nonsense and Blackjacks and don't let them waste time with with these with this nonsense move them on so I think that's probably why they abandoned a lot of that stuff because they saw some star power on their hands. All right, we get our first glimpse into the Degeneration X theme in the announcement for next month's pay per view, and that honestly I was watching I was like. Fuck, that is cool. No wonder why I thought this was so cool. I mean, the song is so bad in retrospect. Like, 
It's like I don't even remember like what it's degenerate. Like. It's like a rap metal Limp Bizkit knockoff. Ugh. Um, and it and it's bad. I mean, you've heard it. Cause it's the same song they still use. But um, degeneration. Don't tell us what to do, boy. And it's like very. I'll have to re-listen to it, or maybe I won't. Please don't. It's bad. It'll <laughs> it will hurt your ears and brain. But the video though is it's like rioting and it's like strippers and it's like I remember watching it, I was like damn no wonder why I was like twelve and like they're cool because like <laughs> it was cool okay. it's like helicopters and spray paint and like rioting and like against a chain link fence and it was fucking cool yeah I was like oh that there's a lot of purple for the degeneration X right it was like green like a neon green maybe it was ne- yeah I don't know it all looked kind of like monster drink <laughs> maybe I, maybe I'm just remembering wrong. Yeah, D-Generation X is the precursor for Monster Energy Train. <laughs> then we've got the one that we've been building for for a while now, Owen Hart versus Steve Austin. Steve will not sign an anti-indemnity paper until McMahon signs a paper guaranteeing him an intercontinental title match against Owen. Austin gets exactly what he wants. Austin even shakes Vince's hand, but not without pulling him close and telling him he could turn his lights out like that. Even with that in mind, Vince has to ask what happened with Farouk. Austin says, wrong place, wrong time. Basically, Austin wants Owen. He wants to keep that intercontinental title on Owen until he's the one to strip it off of him. Yep, makes sense. Makes sense. So this match sucks. Oh my god, I was just like, I, I, I was watching it and just going like, it's a very short match. It had a different feel. I think if I were to, you know... Uh, project my under, you know my thoughts about you know what happened behind the scenes I think uh, Austin does not feel confident wrestling with Owen uh, probably Owen feels a little, feels weird about it both of them it's like you know when you have like a you know an awkward encounter with each other and yeah. you're like you know you used to you know you used to be good partners together but now but all of a sudden there was an irreparable thing and now yeah. you're like well, well bobby is is owen or is uh, austin fully healed no austin point? is not his they don't want to he's not gonna he's austin is never gonna go like he used to go right so it's always gonna be a more brawling style thing do i also think to, to your point that's also correct yeah i also think he probably was like i don't want to go to the extended program like and have this whole 20 right. minute spot fest with owen who dropped me on my head and nearly killed me um a few months ago so that makes all a lot that all track. So that's why I think we have this short, shitty match. Yeah, I don't know. This was it. Just it was like a you know all the build up. I mean, yeah, definitely the most compelling thing about this was Austin just stunning anyone who got in his way. He got uh, Rocky. He got Farouk. He got Shawn Michaels. He got Ahmed Johnson. He got Kama Mustafa. He anybody who was gonna get in the way of this happening was gonna get taken out. But for a payoff of like. Uh, I just stunned you. But you know who didn't get taken out was that entire wall that he went through that only half of it disappeared. When when uh, Austin was making his entrance through the skull, oh, yeah, but yeah. only half of it came down and you immediately see the guys with the brooms sweeping <laughs> it away. Ha! It's short and there's a lot of reasons why it's short. I don't think it necessarily... I think shitty might have been too hard. I don't, I don't think it was a bad match, but it was a short match and it's... Been building for a while. It had, yeah, it was like no, it, it was more no like it. here's here's when I see that Owen, it's Owen versus Austin too. After what happened before, and I know the Austin of before could have put on like an insane twenty five minute match with with Owen Hart. What I see here is not compelling to me. 
Owen trying to get himself disqualified is not compelling to me. It's a cop out. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like we need to have this match, and this is the match you get. But like they could, if they had waited, I don't know, I don't know if there was a, if there's a way they could have pulled it off because I don't know if they would have ever been able to do anything as good. No, I don't think so. Just and just because they needed to start building momentum with Steve Austin because he is their money maker because he's their biggest star. Yeah. But talk about big match feel. The main event here is the biggest match feel. You yes. know, all this time we picked, we started this podcast with King of the Ring 1996, and it's in a lot of ways an arbitrary date that we thought like, hey, this is like a good place to say this is the beginning of the Attitude Era. And after this, it made me reevaluate and be like, everything that came before was proto Attitude Era, and it's literally from this point forward that we are truly in the Attitude Era. Everything it feels like we've talked about, everything we have seen has led to this point. Well, it helps that we had that, like... The Attitude promo. That we had that promo where they just say WWF Attitude. Yeah, but I think that defines it. And it also, like, the way... I I thought that... Also, I thought that that, like, promo package, whatever you want to call it, was great. It was was a thesis statement. The one that was like, you think I'm not an athlete? I'm seven feet tall. Here's a clip of me doing a fucking backflip. You think I'm not an athlete? I was like a multi-time championship football player, amateur wrestler, bodybuilder, all this stuff. It's like, it really is, at a time when this is about to take pop culture by storm in such a massive way, what an important statement to make to like address so much of the baggage and carny bullshit that comes with pro wrestling. Um, Great. And then, but I think this match, everything surrounding, surrounding it, and everything that comes next—that's the real Attitude Era. This, this is the moment that changes everything. So let's go back to that backstage interview. What do you think Vince McMahon is thinking backstage when he is asked point blank, "Who is do you think is going to win tonight?" I mean, I think Vince McMahon is shitting his pants at this point. I think he's apps because he knows what's about to go down. He knows there's no way it's going to go well. So, I you know um, we talked about this in the clip before in the clip before this episode that uh, I listened to the Radio Lab episode. It's a very comprehensive episode in some ways. It, it, it goes through all of the stuff they talk, especially about this night. Um, they mentioned that Bret Hart is you know at some. Basically, the reason why we don't see Bret Hart for the entire night, I think, is because he's been talking with, like, Vince backstage. And they're like, what, you know, how do we want to do this? And Bret's trying to convince him. Is that it? Because I I was under the impression that Bret was coming into this with one. Bret comes in thinking it's going to be a schmas finish, that it's going to be... Right, so, so he... that's what I'm getting to. Yeah. So basically, he goes to Broad Strokes, he goes to Vince, you know, he's like, how do you want to do this? And Vince goes... You know, I'm open to things. What do you want to do? And Vince had wanted him to lose the to lose the title to um, Heartbreak Kid, but like he didn't want to lose the title because he a didn't respect Sean. B he also didn't think he thought him he thought the character of of Hitman losing in uh, Montreal is essentially as I guess as he put it or as somebody put it. Uh, was like would be like him blowing his brains out in the middle of the ring right so he was like i can't i can't lose to him and obviously he can't he has to give up the title but he can't lose to him so he proposed doing a schmaz which is when all of the wrestlers a bunch of wrestlers run in and there's a 
DQ and essentially on the next uh, Raw he would you know hand over basically resign and hand over the belt right right okay so basically at this point I'm assuming Vince McMahon maybe hasn't had the conversation or has just had the conversation I don't know well let's go into to the thing itself okay Sean comes out alone no degeneration x nobody um gets splashed with beer on his way down to the ring holding a canadian flag and getting ready to shove that up his nose as he's been doing and also to straight up fuck that flag he put it it in his his, uh pants no he put it on the he laid it on the ring dove down and fucked that flag like it was magic mike (laughs) like humped the flag fully Brett also comes out alone, but and backstage we see is that his kid? Who's the kid holding the Canadian flag? I'm not sure. Him. I don't I know. It was his kid. But this match just has a huge match feel, right from it is, the start. It's, it's the hugest match. They yeah. did the HBO comedy special, like walking from yes. the dressing room to the to the ring. Yeah, I think that which I thought was a great touch. So really quick, Bobby, just run us through the match, and then we'll go back and we'll. So they come out, uh, before the bell rings, it's a massive brawl. They're brawling outside, they're brawling over into the crowd. It is a huge fight. It is just like, a, it is like, it's months and years of frustration coming to a head. By their time they're able to actually make it into the ring, the bell rings, they start going at it. Brett, at one point, goes to jump off the ropes. And Michaels pulls the referee, Earl Hebner, in front, who takes the hit. The ref is knocked out. Now, what Brett was expecting to happen when the ref was knocked out was the ref to stay knocked out, and that's when all the run-ins happen, and this is when the match would break down. What happens instead is the ref starts to get up pretty quickly. Shawn Michaels puts Bret Hart in the sharpshooter, and within seconds, the bell rings, giving the match to Heartbreak Kid that Bret Hart submitted to his own finisher, which... Even if that was going to be the plan, we would never see that play out like that without, mm-hmm. like, a sh- we see this all the time with any submission. They don't tap out right away. There's always a struggle, and that sells it. Right away, um, Sean looks surprised and pissed. Brett looks surprised, but kind of like, you motherfucker. Kind of like has that look on his face. Vince and Sergeant Slaughter are at ringside, so are a bunch of other WWE officials. Bret Hart spits in the face, hocks a massive loogie on Vince McMahon. He's good at spinning. It's yeah, very good aim. Massive. Sean Hightail, the referee's gone. Sean gone. Hightails it out of there. Yes. Um, who's who's running with him up the ramp? Uh, is it Pep? No, Gerald Briscoe. I think it was Gerald Briscoe. Yeah. The only people that know the, knew what was about to happen before this happened were Sean, Triple H, Vince, Earl Hebner, and Gerald Briscoe. That's it. So um, Sean knew. Sean knew. Not Jim Cornette and Jim Cornette did not uh, know, and, uh, and Bruce Vince Pritchard Russo? did not, and Vince Russo did not know, and Bruce Pritchard did not know. Um, they all had talked about it. They. Well, we can go into some of this. Um, and at some point, Eric, you got to watch the um, the dark side of the ring that, from yeah. Vice on this. So, because Jim Cornette con- uh, says that it was his idea. Vince, Vince Russo, Russo says, says it's, it's his, his idea. idea that this would and happen. I think I trust Bruce Pritchard a lot. I, I trust his um, take on history. Because I do think he's a pretty straight shooter. Um, and he even says, he's like, everyone suggested it. They all, we all suggested it. He's like, it's, it was everyone. Everyone, like, I don't know, fuck them then. I don't know. Like, everyone suggested it. Triple H suggested it. They all suggested it. But at some point, 
Vince left the room, left the creative room on, a co- on an infamous conference call with Sean and Triple H. And that's when the decision was made and the plan was made. And Vince purposely didn't tell the other creative guys. So that way their hands were clean and the rest of the crew, the rest of the wrestlers could still trust them moving forward. So I guess here's the question for the three of us in this room. Was it a bad thing? So... I, I, it really changed my, my whole perspective on this was really changed recently. So also, I believe, something to talk about too, is I believe the WWE Network cuts out early. Because I remember watching this on pay-per-view in real time. And I was also watching Raw and stuff then. So I, truthfully, my memory might not serve me. And maybe they showed the footage later, but I don't think they would have. I think it happened at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And this pay-per-view was at, clocked in at 2.40 on the network. And I think they were doing three-hour pay-per-views at the time. So I do feel like we're missing Especially 15 minutes of four. tape. Yeah. I did notice that the camera was like focused on the, on the Survivor Series sign. And so I was like, whoa, that's interesting. Bret Hart spits on Vince McMahon. He takes his finger and he writes WCW yeah. out. Uh, he does the backwards C and everything for the cameras. He does it multiple times. Then he destroys like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars of equipment all around there. What happens after the show goes dark? Backstage, Vince knows he has to confront. He has to mm-hmm. like figure out what to do. He has to confront this. So he goes to find Brett. Brett's entire family is spitting on him on the way. Like his wife, his sisters, like all the hearts, because they're in Canada, they're all there, are spitting on Vince McMahon as he walks Everyone to the locker Everyone in Canada room. is a heart. Yeah, that's also true. Um, there's a bear spitting on it. <laughs> so then they get, he gets to the locker room. Brett Hart's in the shower. Brett Hart pops out of the shower, and he's like, if you're still hearing out of the shower, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. I'm going to knock you out. Goes and finishes the shower, like so badass. Vince like waits and knows he has to take one punch from like that he deserves to be clocked and brett comes out and fucking clocks him with an uppercut and he's out um that's where he gets a black eye from does he deserve to get the shit beat out of him though yes um so so the reasoning behind all of this is that they're afraid so backing up beyond backing up even further um Bret Hart was given, you know, we talked, when we first started the podcast, there were months when Bret Hart was gone. They, they were talking about negotiations and whatever. I think we talked about this a little bit here. But what got him back was a 20 year contract for less money than he would have made at, East, at WCW. But it was still a million dollars a year, sure. right? The money was less, but it was security for 20 years. Basically, Vince um, is losing to WCW and also thinking about taking the, the company public. And so having a 20 year contract like that's paying a million and a half dollars a year. When you're trying to go public is not a great thing. Mm-hmm. So he wants to get rid of the, out of this contract one way or another. So he tells Brett, he's like, I can't pay this contract. He's basically telling Brett to go to, to WCW. Yeah. He's like, go, you should go. Um, you should go. I'll help you. I'll give you a counter offer if it helps. All kinds of things like that. Uh, so the whole thing is how he's going to, how he's going to go. But what happened previously, Medusa, Alundra Blaze, mm-hmm. um, was the women's champion, got signed by WCW, brought the women's the WWF Women's Championship belt onto WCW television and threw it in a trash can on live television. Oh, so that had happened. So that already. had happened. They didn't cover that on Radio Lab. No. But that, was, that had happened. And so what they're afraid of is that they can't let Brett take the belt to WCW. That's one concern. Now, some people will say that wasn't really a concern because WWF sued WCW after that because it's their, they own the trademark on, on the belt, literally. But you can't take it away. But, you can't undo that. True, but, but it would prevent them from doing it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they got money out of it like, yeah. because like, that's, it's like you, know, you can't use a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge in something because it's actually like trademarked or whatever. Sure. Um, so that's all the thing. What also what they were worried about is even if they weren't, so even if Eric Bischoff wouldn't do that, they were afraid that on the next night he was just going to announce it. That they signed the champion and blah, 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 blah. So they, they got to get this championship off him. Uh, 
come hell or high water. And as you said, he won't do it to, to Sean in Montreal. He'll do it to Sean anywhere else. He'll do it for anybody else in Montreal, but he won't do it for Sean in Montreal. That's just where we're at. Um, that's not good enough for Vince. Um, so Vince does this to protect the brand and to protect the people and all of that stuff. Uh, and that's also why he didn't tell Bruce Pritchard and certain people because he didn't want them to have blood on their hands if it happens. He told everybody if they don't like it, they can go. I think um, everyone showed up that Monday Night Raw except for, I want to say Mick Foley was the only one who didn't show to Raw the next night. Um, and he later called and apologized for it. Everyone else showed up to work. Uh, as you mentioned, Bulldog and Neidhart are going to go. Owen does not. Owen stays. And Owen gets a huge, gets a big push coming out of it. This is the first time we're seeing Vince acknowledged as the owner of the company. He gives a promo week after that says, Brett screwed Brett. Um, and it just comes off very cold and calculating. He does explain why he did what he did and the historical reasons and the legacy and the culture behind it. But it comes off very cold and it creates, it is, that is the genesis of the Mr. McMahon character. And that's what he becomes the mastermind, evil corporate boss that we love to hate was off of this night and this moment. And it started in earnest. Brett Hitman Hart is not an athlete in the same way that a, a, that a boxer winning a prize fight is. I feel like Brett Hitman Hart should have done the right thing and just for anybody. He was going to get his in WCW. I don't think that this... His hatred for Shawn Michaels ran so... Their rivalry with each other ran so personal and so deep. I can see it. And Bret Hart was such a traditionalist. Where He, he grew exactly. up exactly. in this business. And Shawn he represents is... everything he hates. He's a pretty boy. He's in nudie magazines. He's... Uh, He's a more high flyer. He's like moving the technical submission stuff. He's leading this new, like, dirtier, edgier product. He's the face of that. He's everything that Bret Hart is against. Right, but that's the that's the reasoning. I mean, look, we're not nobody's saying that Bret it, Bret Hart is a is a, uh, an unreasonable person who has no reason to hate Shawn Michaels. I think the point you're you're making, Aaron, uh, if, if I can take the liberty, is that. It's an that's an ego thing, and you you know when like doesn't matter. The point is, it doesn't matter who comes after you. You you know you 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 take you take what the script says. You just do what you do what it is to do, and and to say like, well, it it's not in my character to lose to like. But the thing is, Sean has been pulling that shit this whole time. Yeah. Sean is constantly who's like, I don't job for this person. I'm not going to lay down for this one. I'm not working with Vader. I'm not, he's a diva all the time. I think that's, I think I agree. I totally get what you guys are saying. I'm not like disagreeing that, that like, it's like if I had to like morally make a judgment on like if it's good or bad behavior. But I do think it's a culture here though that if you are a uh, superstar of a certain level and have given so much to the industry that you are also owed a degree of respect and a degree of input and also his 20 year contract gave him control of his character. Okay. That's that, an important okay, thing to fair. note, too. So I think that that is all... And Sean pulls his shit all the time. Yes, so I, can also I mean, see, Sean doesn't job. So I've I don't ne- see, literally never seen him job. And had Brett said, I'm not losing to anyone in Montreal, or I'll never lose to Sean Michaels, both of those, I think, are 
would be more unreasonable than I mean, this request. Yeah, it's like, could, I don't want to go out like this. McMahon have also just chosen like number three. It could have been could Austin have been, or, or whatever. Austin could yeah. have been Triple H. Yeah, I mean, this is just... Because he also think of what's best for business, and Sean was the best yeah. champion he could have put the belt on that would have ran with it. He just came off Undertaker. I mean, like, so I think... He wasn't going to put it back on, like, Psycho Sid. I mean, like, so what are we doing here? Now, one last question. Yeah. In the um, in the Vice documentary, Scott Hall... I was going to... ...intimates that this whole thing was a work. Do you think that there's any chance that I that's do. true? I do. I do, and here's why. One, because what you mentioned earlier about the cameras cutting away. The cameras not only caught Bret Hart hitting that loogie, got a reaction shot on Vince McMahon. Yeah. Why would they do that? Yeah. Why would they have a? Why would they get that reaction shot? Okay. Um, and I again, it did air with him doing the WCW, even though we don't see it on this. So why would they catch that? Uh, also, oh, there was something else about this that I was like, fishy, fishy, fishy. I mean, Sean knew, he said he didn't for years and then admitted years and years later that he did know. Was tears in his eyes telling Bret Hart he doesn't know. He didn't know. He had no idea. Um, but he knew. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he was like, he acted at angry. He, yeah. was, he acted like he was yelling at, at, Vince. at Vince about it. Um, one of the reasons that I thought maybe it was all a thing is, you know, like everyone says, everything changed after this but like and like it, it wasn't acknowledged that that Vince McMahon was the was the the boss but like it was earlier on we we've, we've been seeing i mean like actually i wrote in my notes and we didn't really talk about it but I mean, it's not really worth talking about but the Jeff Jarrett the J the double J interviews um where there's a lot of um shoot style promos is that right mm-hmm. yeah. so can we briefly talk about what a shoot is yeah, Does so define that? you have shoots, you have works, you got work shoots. So a work is what we're used to seeing where it's fake, um, but it's made to appear real. A shoot is real, um, and a work shoot is a combination of the two. So uh, a work would be uh, Shawn Michaels intimating that uh, British Bulldog's wife cheated on him. Yeah. Because it's just like a mean thing to say. Okay, uh, shoot would be Jean Michaels saying that Bret Hart is having some sunny days and not suggesting that he also had sex with Sunny, but in a serious way. Would be, wait. Would be a, would be, that Michaels, was a shoot. A shoot is, a shoot shoot is, is real. Reality. Bret Hart saying Sean Michaels had sunny days. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, a but, shoot is reality that you're using in yes. order to further Correct. a storyline. Correct. And a work shoot. Is when it's planned to do that, which is what we see a lot of. T- so anything we're seeing with like Becky and Ronda and the Roman Reigns and or Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. I mean like anything that is pulled from reality, talking about your real life husband, your real life deal, your real yeah, life yeah, this. Yeah. But they, they're, they're, all, they're in on the joke together. Right. But, it, it, but I think a work shoot is meant to seem like reality. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. If we were to compare it to media, we'd say. Becky Lynch's Twitter a work, is a work, a work shoot. A work shoot is like the Blair Witch Project. Sure, it's supposed to be like found footage, and like you're supposed, you, like you were expected to think it was it was true. Um, I still think that's a no, that that would be a work. That would that, the Blair Witch Project was a straight up work. Um, well, no, they sold it as at, at first they sold. Well, okay, I see what you're saying, <laughs> but it still was. No, it would be if, if Ocean's really Twelve. Was. Ocean's Twelve is a little bit like a work shoot because. There's the part where the, these Julia are all just Roberts fiction. plays Julia. She plays a person trying to. Romeo and Juliet is a work shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in that case, they're all works. Okay, whatever. Yeah, they're all. That's yes. 
Anyway, um, well, okay, so Jeff Jarrett was talking a lot about, like, basically he, he was um, doing these, like, shoots, these shoot promos where he was coming in and shitting on McMahon and saying, like, you know, you didn't, you didn't give me a chance or, you, you know, all these different things. I, I went, like, also said some racist shit about Ahmed Johnson, I believe, a black man who couldn't speak the English language. No, that wasn't Ahmed Johnson. He was working with, uh, it was some former football player in WCW at the time. Anyway, um, but basically, this, a lot of this stuff, you know, where people were angry and had, um, had bones to pick with McMahon was already happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it made me think like, okay. And like the fact that like they, the the way they cut the match was so ridiculous. Like it, it wasn't even like, you know, it wasn't even like, um, like Brett, like uh, Brett was struggling at all like he could have struggled and the and the guy and like as he was you know moving his hand it was instantaneous it was instantaneous yeah. it made me think like wow they're cutting for time or something that a lot of that stuff made me think that they were tipping their hand a little bit in terms of you know what i mean like tipping their hand well, that, that they were like oh, going overboard in terms of saying this you guys this is a screw job this is a screw there's finish. also this point where there's also a point in it when Sean goes to apply the sharpshooter he applies it incorrectly and you can see Bret Hart adjust his legs because he crosses his legs wrong or steps through wrong or what, there's a certain way it has to line up for when you step yeah. over. And Sean did it wrong, whether he was nervous or whatever, or he's just not used to it. And Bret, you'll see Bret like move his leg, like fix it for him. Yeah. So I don't know if that's even a more indi- a bigger indication that he didn't know what was coming or he did. Um, but yeah, but this is, I think there's a chance. I, if I had to make an official proclamation, I would say there's, I think it's, I think it was a, 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 an actual screw job. I don't think it was a work, but I'm, but I also would not be surprised. I guess that's the magic of it. Um, and I get, and look, you guys can argue and debate about it, but I won't know yet if, uh, if it was for the positive until I watch the, what comes after. Yeah. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. I'll go first. I'm going to give the War Correspondent Award to the Spanish announcers who are announcing from the Spanish announced rubble after their table was broken and their monitors are just literally sitting on the ground in front of two folding chairs. All right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Thanks, mankind. Um, I'll go thank next. You. Yes, thank you, humanity. For that. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give one honor, honorable mention, um, which is a death takes a holiday uh, to the guy in the audience who looked like death from the seventh seal had just decided to come to a... Oh, I think he was doing a sting. I think he was doing a sting too, but but like with that, you know, when you don't really see he was all doing the hair, the sting too with Jackie Gleason. Right. Hey, but yeah, I was like it, the way his makeup had been done, it didn't quite look like Sting to me. It looked like uh, it looked like Death from the Seven Seal, or better known from Bill and Ted's Bogus uh, Journey. But uh, the the true award goes to most likely to be someone I met without knowing. It goes to Jesse James, the road dog, because that guy looks like anybody. That's I've true. never seen a less wrestling looking wrestler. I guess Kevin Owens is like the inheritor of that belt. But like, 
But Lacey Evans dresses like a wrestler. Like yeah, honestly, Road Dog has generic white, has like resting generic white guy face. Yeah, Je- Jesse James looks like he just looks like one of those, those guys. Tight who, little curls. Yeah, he looks like somebody who who would be on Big Brother next season or this season. He look he looks like Nick. <laughs> um, I'm giving the Slammy Award for international sports keyword superstars Kimmy Schmidt edition to Kevin Kelly stuck in the bunker of America online. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to be cranking that crank so Stone Cold Steve Austin could sass some people on this chat room. Age? What do you it. mean? Sex? What kind of sex? You piece of trash! <laughs> Location, I'm right here! You know I am! Dumb son of a bitch! Location's my foot, making his way right up your asshole. <laughs> on the, how about the southern end of a chicken? Love us, disagree, want to spit in our face? Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. You can find us at Twitter at hellinacellpod or each of us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slowpass. Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Midst by Disco Vietnam and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back again for Degeneration X in your house. Remember when you thought this was going to be like a smooth 90 minutes there? Jesus, I know. I feel so bad. Then we have Fake Diesel. Fake Diesel sucks. Fake Diesel does not suck. Fake Diesel's gimmick sucks. Um, But he is good in the ring. I think that's why we have fake Razor Ramon come in early in the match and lasts like no time at all and fake diesel comes in way later and lasts a pretty is is yeah these one of the last four so the thing about about fake diesel i agree that he is you know that he you know he's kane and he's a like he's physically intimidating i can tell that he's a better wrestler but in this in the in the rumble i saw him standing around a lot of times it seemed like he didn't really know what he should be doing. There were a lot of guys that were like going at each other and he would just kind of watch. I wasn't sure if he was like playing that he was tired or or what, but like there were a lot of times where he just didn't really have any aggression to what he was doing in the ring. And and that to me made it seem like I was just waiting for him to get eliminated because I, you know, he just wasn't he wasn't delivering anything.